0: Good morning and welcome to the back porch. The Concha. Welcome. It's been a minute. Let me explain to y'all. This is E5 Bayo. Oh, the back porch, lights, the coolness, a fresh cold glass, of lemonade. And I ain't talking about that lemonade that y'all get out of the potter. No. I ain't talking about that lemonade where you add a little flavoring. No, freshly squeezed lemonade. Oh, with that cane sugar, some ice, make it cold with a capful of vanilla flavoring. That's how you make lemonade. That's what we call it. Lemonade. Girl, what you drinking? Oh, girl, I got that lemonade. Oh, that lemonade. That's what we drink down south. Limelade. That's what that is. Get you a cold glass, baby. Freshly squeezed. Ice. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. The song you heard was by the intruders. It's called Together. My mom used to play that song, right? Oh my God. We'd get a kick out of that song. Everybody be singing it. So let me give you a, a brief history. We lived in a house. I ain't living in a building. I ain't living no apartment. I ain't living no sugar shack. No, we lived in a house, and we'd we'll be sitting out on the front porch on the on the stoop, right? And my mother would play that. See, we had the TV in the middle, the radio, the cassette tape, and the record player on the other side, and my mom would put that on and blast it, right? Because then we know it was on a Saturday morning. We know it's time to clean. And she'll play that. We be sitting outside talking to our friends and stuff. Because we get ready to go inside and clean. Scrub walls and all of that. And she'll come and sing that song. Dance with a few of us while we cleaning and stuff. And just get ready for the summer. Right? Oh, baby. And then she'll she'll make some breakfast. Because it's Saturday you know you ain't got to cook early early morning but you cook early and she'll she'll cook us some breakfast and we'll be sitting there eating at the table saying what we going to do and stuff oh you know we got to hurry up and finish cuz American Bandstand or Soul Train was coming on and then, you know, in the afternoon, we'll watch our, our cartoon. And then in the afternoon, we got to watch the karate flick, right? Because, you know, that that's priceless. We got to uh, imitate those moves and stuff and who we going to be and who can kick who behind and all that. Then our friends pull up on bikes and we all just get to going, you know. Or we'll do go-kart to make zip guns, you know, we'll be outside. Kids nowadays, they don't they don't see that. They see we got to be in the house, be on social media, you know, everything is, is video. Man, the best things in life back then, growing up, getting a job and catching lightning bugs. Riding your bike all around, holding your hands out like you're riding down the street, like you're free. Taking your skates and skating all up and down in the park. Playing handball, you know, or learning, learning how to play. Playing hopscotch, double dutch. Some people playing basketball. Kids running all through on the monkey bars, on the seesaw, you know, on the, on the merry-go-round. Going down the sliding boy, Getting on the swings, doing flips, jumping on, on gates. I know some of y'all can't relate to this, but I'm giving you a little history. And baby, you'll be out there. You make friends. You know what I'm saying? Your friends was, hey, you want to play? Or, hey, you want to come over here? Hey, you want to push me on the swing? And you just found the bond. You got a friend. Where you live at? Man, I live around the corner. Okay, you want to come to my house? I live around the corner too. And then their parents started becoming friends. That's how Big Barbara and Lil Barber, which was my mother and Big Barbara, Ronnie and Tanya's young, Barbara Young. And Tanya was my best friend growing up. Her Honda, you know, we went to the summer camp in PS40. And you know, me and Tanya, we would hang out. We would try to dress it like or at least put on the same colors. And we would go on the trips back then. They'd take you to Reese Park, Rob Playland, Sunken Metal, you know, and they have the pool because most kids couldn't go to Liberty Pool back then. So they have the mobile pool. Somebody took an 18-wheeler dug it out, put the lining in it, and made it into a pool, and it'll pull up. And, man, kids would jump in that pool and swim all day. We didn't care about corona. We didn't care about nothing. We got in the water. That was it. Because everybody couldn't go to the beach, neither. So, Rowland, which was the owner or the director of the summer camp back then, before it was Mr. Huntley, it was Rowland. And... He would do so many things for at-risk youth, and he would do all kinds of things, man, for people. And it it was amazing. It was. It was amazing on the things that he did. And we all were grateful for that. We enjoyed that. We made sure that, you know, we took advantage of every service that was given. And believe it or not, he was the first one to start to get, and there's a reason why I'm telling you all this. He was the first one to get insurance when your kids come to summer camp. Your mother would pay $2 and he'll take 20000 out on insurance. That's a lot back then. So we talking about the 70s, seven, the, the late 70s, the early 80s. And he would, he would, you would pay $2, you know, and if you had two or three kids, you pay five. And, um, man, you know, Chill was my, my, um, counselor. And he used to hang with my brother. I was a smart ass too, growing up. He used to hang with my brother. And I remember he told me, he was like, you know, you got to do this, this, and this. And then he was busy flirting with some girl. I said, man, I ain't got to listen to you. you crazy. I'm out of here. And me and Tanya left. Forget summer youth. We will only come back when they had trips. We would. we would only come around when they had trips. I was like, nah, I'm not staying here. Bye, I'm out. We hanged in the park. We came in when it was free lunch. We didn't listen to chill. We was like, whatever. Um, but, yeah, we 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 played. We, we enjoyed our childhood. Most kids don't do that. They so busy worrying about what's going on with their mama friends and their kids and jumping into stuff that don't have nothing to do with them. That's what's going on in this world now. Not enjoying. And I I blame most parents. Don't get me twisted. I do. I blame most parents because they sit there on the phone and they talk and dog out the next person. And their kids are watching. So they mimic and do the same thing. That's why I used to tell people. You know, people that used to sit there and do the most... If your kid come after mine, I'm coming after you, like for real. But we tend to forget because we so selfish that we focus everything on ourselves, not knowing that our children watch us and we are their mirror. And I always have a, a, a saying, let's raise these children that we, without them having to go into therapy, you know, but we have to do better. I speak to myself as well. And my kids are grown. Let, let me get it now. My kids are grown. Yeah, they go to therapy because I made a lot of mistakes. But I don't want the next generation to go through that. So now I make sure that I give them space and stuff to talk. Let me tell you, yesterday, my grandkids never learned how to play dominoes. So something said, pick up the dominoes. It teaches them about numbers and it teach you how to play the bones, right? So me, my 14-year-old grandson, and my little crew, the little people, right? They range from five, four, and three. I taught them how to play dominoes. Now. I didn't teach them how to cheat, because they sure got that down packed. But we had fun. We were slamming it. We were sitting there. You know, all of them, they had to look and see the color and the numbers. And it was fun. It was fun. The most simplest of things. Nobody was on any internet, no social media. We sat there. We popped junk. We ate cake, and we played dominoes. That was beautiful. It was a beautiful evening. So when I tell you this from the back porch, chilling, I tell you the simplest things, sitting outside catching lightning bugs, running around playing hango see outside with the kids in the backyard, sitting there playing spades, teaching my to play spades, or pity pack or dunk, something that you can have a conversation with and it opens them up to start talking and now we are communicating and comprehending and we are, kids will remember that before they remember how much money you paid on some sneakers or how much you used to, to get their hair done or what kind of iPad you brought them or what kind of iPhone or Samsung, uh, watch that you got them. They won't remember that. They remember that time. Because they remember those lessons. Because I always tell people the lessons are in the story. So, I had stopped doing my podcast. Because listening to people. <laughs> oh, no one really wants to hear that. You know, you, you, you really don't have a conversation to say to people. People don't really want to hear what you got to say. I mean, all these other podcasters are blowing up. You're not really blowing up. Like, you need to stop. It's not, it's not, no, do this over here. No, you got to do this. This is your responsibility. You got to do over here. So I stopped. And this sister hit me up out of the blue and said, is this your podcast? I said, yes. Why? What's the matter? She said, when are you going to make more? She said, because I like listening. And I heard my dad say, how do you... Stop doing the very things that brought you laughter and love and light in your heart. Why is it that you would put other people up on a pedestal and forget the very person who you are? You're down in the basement, but you're giving everybody rides and carrying them on your back and lifting them up to the, to the roof. And they don't even really want to be there. They're not even enjoying They'll come all the way back down to the basement and say, hey, what's my next move? What I got to do? What else? What else? And you sitting there giving them the ingredients and the recipe. Cake still ain't come out right. They don't know what the fuck they making. They don't even want to taste it themselves. But you're sitting there and you're giving them everything. The pots, the pans, the grease, the batter, everything. Everything. The eggs, the spoon, everything. And they're not doing none of that. But they'll stop you from doing it. And here your goofy ass, I, I'm saying, I'm hearing my father, is sitting there doing that. He said, let me, let me, let me grab somebody, because maybe she ain't listening to me. It's a disconnect somewhere. So when I saw that, I said, wait. So I went back, and I was like going through ink, and I was like, shit. I said, okay, let me put it back up. Then I have people call, hey, I, I, I want to do a podcast. I want to do, I say, oh, okay. All right. I give them the information. That's not a problem because I'm going to still keep going. If you allow the very persons that you assume is on your team to stop you from doing what you're destined to do, because people will. People will try to alter your whole fucking life. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've seen it, experienced it, watched it, participated in it. But the one thing I don't do is tell people, nah, you shouldn't do that. No, no, I should. I encourage you. You wanna learn how to make a fucking battery by using a string and an apple? Go for it. No matter how crazy it is, go for it. But you'll have other people to say, man, that's stupid. That's dumb. You shouldn't do that. Oh my God. But then when you start blowing up, I, I knew you should have did it. I, I had a vision. Shut the fuck up. That's, that's what you're saying. See, in the back porch, we tell you what it is. <laughs> See, back then, my mom and them had a back porch down south in New Orleans. They got a back porch, and you sit back there. And The, the conversation has always started in the kitchen. Don't get it twisted. And then it make its way out to the back porch with a cold glass, a lemonade, a fan, honey, a towel. Got that hand towel, wipe your face, you know, sit there. And some people have a can. If you know what the can represents, you good. If not, it's for your snuff. While you're sitting there, you know, dipping your snuff, you want to spit it out. You got your hand towel to wipe your mouth or whatever. But that's yours. Nobody didn't judge you. Nobody didn't tell you, mm, don't do that. Nobody. Because what you brought, you brought wisdom, you brought experience. You brought your life. And you opened it up and shared it with folk. And those folk that were sitting back there within ear distance, they learned something. In the stories, in the message, in the wisdom. For the past couple of days, I've had elders tell me so many amazing things. Things that I knew, but I needed a reminder. Because folks will. Folks will. Folks will. You know, the worst thing is when people try to Pull rank or pull, like, I'm this or I'm that. You know what my father and my mother them say? When you walk in this house, you just like all the rest of us. You ain't shit a title. Can you take that title go pay your mortgage? Sit down. Sit down with the rest of us. We don't, in here, we don't do titles. You come in, you be respectful, you speak to those because you entered the room. We ain't in your room. You speak to everybody and you sit down. If you're younger, you sit on the, 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 uh, the bucket, turn it over, sit your ass down, and listen. Listen, because you're about to learn something, about to teach you something. You can come in here with a title, I'm Queen Caca, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a this, I'm that. Baby, can you take that title to go pay rent? Can you take that title to pay your life bill? Can you take that title to God and give you extra years on your life? No, you can't sit down, sit down like all the rest of us. So when you come here into the back poach conjure, baby, you just like everybody else. Me, you, all of us, we the same. See, I don't build square tables. I built round because we all on the same level. Yeah, I'm initiated. Okay, I'm not, but you still got a life experience. I don't give a fuck if you woke up one morning and you went in the kitchen and grabbed two spoons and came back and sat down. How you felt? Somebody could have told you. So maybe somebody wanted a spoon. They wanted to know where the spoons were. Maybe this wasn't their house. But you all got something to teach. Everybody got a job. My mom and them taught me that. Everybody got a job in the community. Everybody. Listen, there used to be this drunk dude named Latip that used to sit in the, in the, on the boulevard, right? Latif was the number one, but he was also the alcoholic. But everybody loved him. Why? He had a job. He sat there. He drank. He wasn't stupid. He was drunk. But he had a good memory. And what they say, a drunk person speak a sober mind. Lateef would tell you, such and such went down that way. No, no, no. That boy ain't shoot him. That dude did. So Lateef knew he was the eyes. And everybody respected him. There were so many people in our community. And no one was, no one was taken away. Why? Because we all came together for something. Everybody had a job. Some people can't go out and march. Some people know how to make phone calls. Some people know how to make flyers. Some people know how to cook. Some people know how to clean. Some people know how to babysit. Some people know how to heal. Everybody has a job. Everybody, you know, they have this thing. Oh, it just, just, there's a reason why I'm saying all of this. Some people, because they can bring down spirits, some people because they're crowned, they have to be better. No, there's no high up on anything. No, we all have a job. And when we start seeing that the picture becomes, instead of abstract, it becomes a complete human being and we see it. We see the beauty. We see all of that, but right now. Everybody, oh, you have a gift. I don't have a gift. Yes, you do. We all have gifts, baby. We all have gifts. Oh, the only thing I know how to do is clean. Shit, if you love it, I love it clean. Because not everybody know how to do that. Oh, well, I'm a vegan. Good. Teach them how to eat right. Well, I know how to grow things. Great. We need you. Well, I can answer phone. Thank you. Everyone has a job. Who are we to sit and dictate and judge on the job or the gift that the creator gave you? doesn't work that way. does not. But we tend to think it does. And we get in our high horse. And we just think we're better than everyone else. But humility and being humble. Because, see, if you don't learn that, the creator will teach you. And they will sit you on your ass. And just like that's... I posted a song uh, last week, Monday, and it was Be Careful Who You Nail Upon a Cross by Damon Marley. And in the song, it talks about today is me, tomorrow is you. Humble. Being, humil- being humble. Humility is something. But this is not that title. Today, we speak about everyone is accepted at the table no matter what your life experience is. Man, let me tell you, I met a great human being, a great sister, a great friend. She was a sex worker, but amazing. I met a man that was homeless, that professors sat at his feet to listen to his journeys in life. Greatest man I ever met. We sit out in Little Five Points in Atlanta, Georgia. When I tell you, Keisha Knight, Paul, man, massive stars, professors from great colleges. We sit and talk to this man. I was walking in Little Five Points. I just moved to Atlanta. I was homesick. I wanted to go back to New York. And he looked at me and said, baby girl, uh huh, sit down. He said, you in a rush? I said, no. And I sat there. Well, he was talking to all these people. Mind you, at that point, I didn't know who all those people were. He said, you want to leave Atlanta? I said, yeah, I do. He said, where you from? I said, well, you know, I grew up in New York, so yeah. He said, ah. Oh. He said, you, you, you're trying to fit in in Atlanta. He said, she's a woman. Just like women. They love beautiful things. They love to be talked beautiful. They love to be treated beautiful. He said, those doors are going to be closed. Because no matter what I did, I couldn't make it back to Atlanta. So... He said, those doors are going to be closed until you learn how to treat Atlanta. I said, okay. Now, we sat there. We talked about so many things in life. Man, he was telling me all the places he traveled, everything. And I asked him his name. And he said, my name is Copper John. And he was sitting there making copper bracelets, copper jewelry, jewelry all of that. Now, when I was young, every time I put copper on, it would turn my arm green and stuff. So, he, he explained how it was my blood and how I needed more iron in my body and things like that. Like, he would take the copper and put it in the water and drink it. Like, he did all kinds of things. But they called him Copper John. So, you know, I thanked him. Uh, he told me, he said, the next time you see me, bring me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Because a lot of the times, he didn't want money. He just wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So, I saw him years later. I was getting off the bus and I was working at seven under, right? And I'm talking about years later. I didn't, you know, lost a little weight. I done uh, cut my locks off because then I had long locks. And he said, baby girl, he said, I see you left Atlanta and came back, huh? And I started laughing. I said, man, I've been looking for you. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, but you needed me now. So I showed up and I would laugh. Man, we talked, we talked, we talked, and we would see each other. I was working at 7-Under. He would come through and, you know, we would sit down and have lunch and stuff. And You know, it was Copper John. He would come there and, you know, talk about Copper to people and educate them and sell his jewelry and stuff, you know, at the market and stuff. So, you know. And then I moved and I was grateful for the experience. I was grateful for the conversation. I was grateful to know all these people, you know, cause this man was just a regular guy. That he just had a lot of stories because he had a lot of life experience, lived all over the world. You know, people would pay would pay and fly him out to different places. And I used to ask him, like, why don't you stress yourself? You know, these people are saying this, and you know, you don't, you don't in me, I wanted to Take him and, you know, put him in the house and be like, you know. He said, I live my life according to. He said, every day I'm grateful and I'm thankful for the little that I have. He said, because that little always turned to a lot. He said, and the universe steps right in. Right when you think you're down at your lowest, the universe right in, lift you up. He said, because sometimes you need a reminder. I said, Wow. Years later, I moved to New York, and, you know, um, I would go back and forth to Atlanta. Someone called me, and they said, I'm calling to let you know, Copper John passed away. I said, what? And he was like, yeah, he had your, your business card in his wallet. I remember the first time I gave it to him. It was years ago, and he carried that. And he used to always say, baby girl, you... You leave an impact on people's lives as well. He said, I can't wait to hear your stories. I said, listen, Copper John, you'll always be a part of my story because you're a part of my journey. And I am here to tell that story of Copper John. I made him into one of my tarot cards because the man was exceptional. He didn't have big mansions. He didn't have name-brand clothes. He went to the thrift store or people donated him clothes or, you know, he went and bought something. He didn't care about name brands. He didn't care about people's statuses. He sat around the homeless. He cooked. Some people fed for him. He got on the food line. He did not care about who you were and where you, what status. Because he had great people sit at his feet. People that had money longer than train smoke. But they still came and sat at his feet. And he was a man that didn't have nothing. Not like in their status. But in the spiritual world and in the community, he was the most wealthiest man in the world. Why? Because he knew who he was. He knew where he came from. And he accepted everything about him. And he stood his ground. No matter what. And people would invite him. They wouldn't uninvite him. They would invite him. That's Copper John. Oh no. Go get Copper John. His name were in rooms that his feet would never attend. And he was invited at everything. And for his ceremony, they had a whole ceremony up on the mountains. Like he wanted. Great God. Didn't have a home. Didn't have none of that because the world was his home. He wasn't a bum like how you would say. Oh, he was a drifter. He enjoyed the journey. With no fucks given. So when we sit here at the back porch and we live our life. And we walk around. Instead of worrying about what folk do. And how much folk got. We need to worry about how can we be of service to someone else? How can we help and educate and teach? So at the end of the day, or at the end of this journey, a loafy God, the great creator, will say, job well done. Instead of we leaving behind Gucci belts, name brand slippers and bags, and how many likes you had, and who... Who liked you more, and who man you took, and how many fucking parties you attended, how shit face you was? We ain't got that. We don't want to leave that. Paris said, Paris Shango, Gabo Sile, She said we should. She said if I said we should prepare for the next 16 generations, with conjure folk, and that's true. And conjure folk, and Southerners, and those old women, and those old people. The elders believe what you are putting your children and those that come across. Because everybody, your children, everybody, those that come across what you're putting in them. What's that seed that you're putting in them and allow it to grow? How much time did you share with them? Did you teach them? Not micromanage, but did you teach them? Did you leave them with something more or better, excuse me, than what they came for? Did you give them some love, a hug, a forehead kiss? Did you tell them that you love them today and always? Did you tell them that you're proud of them? Did you enlighten them? I bet you you didn't. But now we're gonna do better. And I'm thankful for being able to start this podcast back up. I'm grateful for starting it back up. Now I have to say. Up here in Utica, we got a power out. Everybody, power is out. So, on my block. And I think it's like a three block radius. So, you may not hear this until the evening. And if it is, good evening. I love you. But it was definitely done in the morning. Um, If it get out. But it will be. And I'll let you know that I do it on Mondays and Wednesdays. We'll sit back and do the Back Poach Conjure. Not every day yet. And I love you, and I love those that choose to listen and share and encourage other folks to listen. I really appreciate you, and I'm thankful that I'm back because I do love talking and sharing stories. But I'm going to give you all something to keep keep yourself happy and wholesome. I want you to cut up a lime, a regular old lime, put it in a bowl, and put some camphor. Break the camphor up in four pieces put some water in it and put it in a corner. And keep it there for seven days. And what it does is it removes all the negativity from your house. From that room. And you can do it in each room. That's conjuring. You can do it in each room. And it clears out. It makes you breathe again. Because it's time. It's time for us to start healing. Start getting back to our roots. And learning and doing what we need to do. And listen, I got a lot of little conjure things to do because my mom and them taught me. And baby, I can't talk for those other people. I never do. But I definitely share with what I got. And I don't have a problem with sharing with you. Because that's what we call love. Where I come from. And sitting on this back porch. Baby, you got magic in you. Everybody. Whoever come and sit back here with me, you got a little magic in you. You got magic when you came here, and I gave you some of mine. So now you got double the amount. So definitely pat yourself on the back, kiss yourself, hug yourself, love yourself. Because it's time for us to just enjoy this journey. And I'm grateful that y'all taking it with me. I don't always want to sit at the head of the bus. I don't even want to drive. I don't have a problem giving the keys to someone else. And let's go. I like better talking. But right now, we're going to sit on this porch. And we're going to drink us some freshly squeezed lemonade. Like I said, you get you some lemons, some cane sugar, some water, and a cap full of vanilla extract. That's the lemonade, And baby, you put those limes and that camphor in that corner, and you sit there with that fan, when you walk back in your house, baby, it's gonna be like the house done breathed. And that's coming from me, E5 Bayo, Bobby Vance, baby girl saying, it's been a plumb pleasing pleasure. And I'm happy that you're here, sitting with me in the back poke conjure. So we have fun. We talk, we share. And you heard it here. So catch me Wednesday in the morning. Mondays and Wednesdays, faithfully, we can meet here. Get your coffee, your tea, your drink, whatever you got. Water, shit, your health health smoothie, whatever you got. And we gonna sit right here and we gonna talk some talks and tell some tales and share and love on each other as we love on ourselves, first and foremost. So i catch you Wednesday. Y'all have a great day, a great evening, but always remember to love yourself first. your drink, your coffee, your tea, your drink, your water, some soda, whatever makes you feel comfortable. I told y'all it's a pleasure to be back. I'm very grateful to be able to do something that I have such a passion for. I love doing a podcast. I do. I love it. It's it's amazing to me. Um I had to get up early because, you know, I have some errands I gotta run early in the morning and I don't want to do a podcast at night, I think I get discouraged because everything that's going on. I'd rather get it early, out the way, start your day off, start my day off with something to think about, something to do, something to uplift you, you know. And I was wondering what I was going to talk about today with all the stuff that's going on in this world. I'm like, I can talk about this, I can talk about that, I can talk about this. But over the past few days, I have been getting, people have been, you know, calling me and talking to me. We've had two, three hour long conversations, which was amazing. I, I really love each and every person's wisdom and input. And I was very grateful for the messages to be received, um, to share some wisdom, right, to listen. Some of it I took and said, Wow. Other, I just tabled it because it didn't have anything to do with my life. So, you know, I just smiled and said, Okay. Um, you know, I mean, it is what it is at the end of the day. Excuse me. So <clears throat> I was like, Okay, that's grateful for the message. You know, some of it was a reminder confirmation. Some of it was uh, you sure you're talking about me? Maybe you're talking about yourself. Well, okay. yeah, I wonder what it is. But the two main people that I've got words of wisdom from, they're no longer here. They gave me these messages years ago. And they're deceased now. God bless dead. The first one was Copper John. Papa John, great man, great man, great man. I mean, I was very grateful to say I knew him. I was very grateful for the conversations we would talk about. And, you know, we didn't get together and talked about people. No one was ever greater than no one else. No one was... Better than no one else. Everyone was seated at the table. Or sometimes we just all sit around on the ground. Um, or sit in the park. Inman Park. But no one was greater than no one else. Riding on the trains. Getting on the bus. Going to Little pile <laughs> Or Lindbergh Station. But no one was greater than no one else. No, and these are places in Atlanta. If y'all don't know, I mean this this brother, older, older in years, would give you a conversation. Um, I, you know, people would sit there and they will crack jokes. Oh, you think you're a neighborhood celebrity? And, um, not to him, you know. I'm saying now, like people will look at me and they'd be like, oh, you just. You and your little internet following, you think you're a neighborhood celebrity. No, I'm not. I'm not. And, but people would pay for Copper John to travel all over the world. They would pay. And um, he would go. He would go for the lessons, the conversation, the things he learned from other people. See, even though he was, let me tell you how this brother was, even though he was. Very informative. Lived a beautiful life. Right? But he would look at your life and get so excited. And would would just want to learn about you. He he told this story around the world. But he just wanted to learn about you. You were more famous. You were the one, the, the person of the hour. You know? the The great I am. You were it. And he would make sure you knew that. So, whenever I saw him, I took advantage of it. And not in a, I'ma grab everything you know, nah. To just sit amongst him and have a conversation and laugh and listen. I never sat there and said, oh yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, no. Cause see, if your cup is already full, there's no room for growth. I don't give a fuck. If you're so full of everything, Then your destiny is over. You lived it. It's time for you to go. You're going up to wherever you go after you die. But he taught me that. You enter a room, sit down, learn. You're going to learn something. And it has nothing to do with age. Does it? A baby can teach you something. A child. A teenager. There's always something to learn. Be a good, bad, or indifference. You're going to learn something. You just have to be willing and open. Because when you come into a room and you act like you already know everything, ain't nobody going to talk to you. You're going to miss those great opportunities. And when he shared that with me, that's what I do. I mean, people will. I don't mind sharing my story. I've talked to people, you know, and shared my story. And, you know, <clears throat> that's it. But I love to hear yours. And I sit and listen and, okay. But see, the part of that what I love about Copper John was... He'll share a story and people will, will judge you. Oh, I know they T. I know they're, you know. But Cabin John didn't stop. He didn't care. Whatever your vision or perception of me has nothing to do with me. It's how you process the information. You know, that's it. If I'm telling you, oh, I'm homeless and the only thing you walk around and, and judge me on is, oh, she don't got shit. Psh, she don't got shit. She, she, she a bum. That's your perception. Now, have I told that to many people? And they go, wow, man, I bet you met some amazing people. Yeah, I did. I met people from Brazil. You know, I remember being a Yahoo walking into the shelter in Brooklyn. And the girl walked up to me and she said, you a Yahoo? I said, yeah. She looked around and she said, we are saved. We are blessed. And that chick was from Brazil, from São Paulo, And I didn't see her no more at all, at all. I didn't see her no more now that is wow okay because i had a few people that would tell me that man you was homeless i know you met some amazing people yo you gotta tell me the stories man i did i met a woman that killed her kids and one lived she did so many years in prison in virginia she came back was all sitting in the cafeteria and the girl was saying who she was she was pulling up on her phone you know <clears throat> of what happened. And these young girls, young sisters, was fucking with her. You know, popping shit, talking about her. So the sister said, Let me put a buzz in your ear. If she can kill her children without blinking, imagine what she'd do to y'all. Y'all don't want that kind of time or that smoke. She already did years in prison. She don't care. She'll go back. She ain't got nothing to lose. Y'all, y'all really want to go there? Over. Because the way she's looking, you know, the worst thing in the world, Copper John would wear his copper, dressed decent, you know what I'm saying? Wasn't a bum. Smelled good. Always smelled good. That's the one thing I give him. But because we don't have designer labels, we don't run with Balenciaga, or, or we not worrying about how much we can spend when we go somewhere, who can have the biggest drum in? or who has the most expensive Arisha, how many Orishas do you have? Oh, I know. I sat at the table with uh, this one. Okay, did you learn something? At the end of the day, you're going to leave your children, your, your, your children's children, belts, buckles, and names, or you're going to leave them some knowledge, some wisdom, a legacy? You're going to leave them something? Or you're going to leave them where all you did was pop shit, and lie and fake people. See, Copper John left a legacy that all of us that was in Atlanta, that had the, the beauty of sitting with him, can share our stories of him. So he'll always live. He will always live. He will. That's a legacy. That's a legacy. Not, oh, he was a bum. All he did was just say a few stories. That's your perception, but I'm grateful. And it was an honor each and every day. And that that reminder was, why are you worrying about what people think and say of you? Is that important? What are those people doing at the end of the day? You know what you were called to do. So remember that. People can throw sticks and stones. They can throw bricks, rocks. They can drag you. For the gods, Don't mean you stop. Keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Keep going. Life ain't been no crystal stair. Y'all know these poems. Y'all know these words. Keep going. Don't stop. Consistency. You're not doing it so you could be seen. You're doing it so those that need to see can find you. Be the lighthouse. Be the light. That's it. That's it. That was his that was his message to me to continue to be the lighthouse. Doesn't matter. God, Creator, Lofi, Egon, they change your light bulb every so often. Continue to shine. Those ships that's out there in that ocean, they they need to know. They need to see that it's safe for them to come on in. They need to know in those turbulent times somebody is out there waiting. Saying it's okay They need to know that Whatever they're going through They can get through it Successfully Scars doesn't mean That you lost the fight Scars mean I endure it And I got reminders That I didn't give up <laughs> That's Copper John message Then I had I was going through my memories and Ozzy, God bless the dad, <laughs> He made a, he gave, he tagged a post and sent me a message and said, "Thank you for everything." I met Ozzy when I was working at Love Shot for John Cornetto. Ozzy walked in and said, "I need a job." <laughs> so me and Ryan, we was like, "Okay." I was like, "Wait, is he good?" And Ryan was like, "Yeah, he's good." And he came in. He said, "You gonna hire me?" And we sure did. We did. We hired Ozzy. Ozzy lived his life truthfully with no fucks given. Ozzy did. Ozzy was married. But Ozzy was gay. And he had a beautiful home going out toward the airport. Ozzy went home one day. Because Ozzy said, I'm going to live in my truth. I don't care. Ozzy went home one day, told his wife, you can have everything. I'm just taking a car. I'm going to have the other car. I'm gay. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm giving you everything. He gave her the house, he gave her money, he gave her everything. And he left. He already got a little job, so all he needed to do was pay his insurance. And Ozzy left. Ozzy left. His wife was mad and she told him, Oh, I'm going to tell your father that you're gay. And, you know, Ozzy's father, in his mind, <laughs> He just assumed, well, you know, my father's going to give up on me. he's going to um, hate me. We will make a situation worse in our heads before us really knowing the actual truth. We will place scenarios over and over in our head. And his wife did. So I didn't go home for about a year and a half, almost two, I didn't go home. Well, Ozzy Pops was getting sick. He was under the weather. It wasn't nothing like death. But he was under the weather. And Ozzy had to go home. So Ozzy went home. And his father told him, I love you. I don't care what you do. Who you sleep with. You're my son. I love you. That gave Ozzy even more confidence. To live his fucking life the way he see fit. Ozzy's mom loved him unconditionally. Didn't matter who he slept with, who he was with. Ozzy family still loved him. So I won a contest on my job. I got to go to the Bahamas. We had to go through Florida and go to the Bahamas. Now I was going to take my son, but my son didn't get his passport at the time. We both got it, but, and then he didn't want to go. So I said, okay. So I took Ozzy, just met Ozzy. Didn't know Ozzy from a hole in the wall. Mind you, we got stranded in Florida. But it was the best strand that we ever had. We didn't have hardly no money. <laughs> when I tell you, our paycheck was coming maybe two or three days. Um, and I had direct deposit. So it was coming like two or three days. But we were in the Bahamas. First was in Florida because we missed our flight. Well, we didn't miss it. The plane took off ahead of schedule. So we had to stay in Florida that night. Ah, oh, man, we enjoyed it. I was a vegetarian. As he said, listen, you on vacation. We ain't doing all of that. We gonna live. And that was the night I ate wings. Oh, my God. I got sick, though. I ain't even gonna lie. But we partied. Oh, we partied. We danced. We walked around. Everything. We was on the beach. And then that next morning, we got up, hangover and all, and we flew to the Bahamas. We checked in at our hotel. We did have nothing on our credit card. So next door was a casino. I said, Ozzy, I got to go in that casino. I'm telling you, we're going to make some money. He said, bitch, we only down to like $25. I'm telling you, I'm going to make this bread. We go in. Ozzy was the type that, you sit here. I'm going to go and do what I need to do. And we gonna we going we gonna to do this. I said, okay. He said, we're going to meet back here in like two hours. When I tell you I was hitting, hitting, hitting. <laughs> Ozzy came. He said, where are your winnings? I said, here you take my winnings. I'm gonna take this 50 and I'm gonna gamble until you know something say stop. Made a little bit more money and then I was like, stop. So we went to a restaurant in the Bahamas. <laughs> we went and we went on tours. Like we had fun. We did. We had fun. We popped shit with people. Ozzy had a little boy toy. Um, I brought me a skirt, man. I was drinking these um What was it called? Shit. I forgot the name of that goddamn drink. It wasn't Bahama Mamas because they was giving those away for Gully wash. That's what I was drinking. Gully wash. Gully wash comes in a coconut with coconut, pineapple, and rum. And something else. I forgot what else they added. But I was drinking those shits like it was no tomorrow. I even took a picture. I was lit. I was drunk. Drunk. We slept on the beach. <laughs> we had fun. Ozzy taught me to live my life no matter what, and don't allow nothing to stop you. Go on adventures, see the world. Ozzy would, Ozzy would travel. Ozzy would call me here in Texas. I would call me. But you on oh, girl? I'm over in New Orleans. Girl, I'm here. So one year, tell you how much of a friend Ozzy was. First I was working at this botanica and the women in there I don't hate all Spanish people. Let me let me put this out there. Um but I understand, you know, how how some black people are treated by Spanish people. But not all. So don't get it twisted. So don't come for me. Cuz this is my experience. I was working at Jamaica's religious, right? And these Spanish women would <coughs> call me dog dumb bitch, all that in Spanish. They couldn't say it in English because I would have beat them to death. Um, so one day I had a sidekick, right, the phones. One day I was talking to Ozzy, and they was in the back talking Spanish. And they were dogging me. And Ozzy was like, go over there. What they say? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I went over there. I was standing over there. He was listening. He said, I'm on my way. Ozzy was in Atlanta. Ozzy came up to New York. And he said, "Listen, I'm gonna talk." You say, "Yeah, just nod your head, yeah." So he was over there talking to them, and he was like, "Ah, hey, just speaking Spanish." And I'm sitting there like, "Yeah, I got you, yeah, yeah." He said, "See, I think she don't know Spanish. She does." He said, and "My sister is not a dog. She's not a black bitch." But he was telling them in Spanish, and they was looking like, "Who?" He was like, "And I can read all of y'all." See, as he would read with the cigar, he was known for that, and he was going in on all of them. And I, I was like, wow, my friend came to my, to my, my aid. He didn't have to. He was all the way in Atlanta. He came all the way to New York. Um, it's sad in this day and age where people that's supposed to be your friend would watch the very people destroy you or try to or talk about you or tarnish your image. And then they'll close their door, lock their windows, and turn off the lights and act like they didn't see it. Or the first thing they're saying, I hate that sentence. I hate that sentence. Well, they grown. It's nothing I can do. Uh, they, you know, I, I tried. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. See, that's the beauty of Ozzy. And that's the message Ozzy taught me. Friends, you be there for your friends. Because your friends become your family. Friends are God's way of saying, listen, your family in reality might be fucked up. But I'm going to send you people that's going to love and care for you. Ozzy did that in every Form, shape and fashion that motherfucker came like no 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 what we not gonna do is do this no nah, that's my sister no 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 right didn't care did not care but most people now it's based on money and, and how much they can get in the popularity oh i can't say anything because it's gonna trigger people no but you allow your friends to get dogged and dragged yeah okay and you know just a side note when you call me about a post on my page and you call me, you better come with facts and stating. Don't don't come with, well, why is that on there? If I grab the picture off of so many sites, don't, don't question me because I, I hate when, just a side note, I hate when people are quick to come for the black woman. And it, and it has been. So anyway, back to the reality. These women, these Spanish women that I worked around were horrifying to black people. Horrifying the way they talk and treat black people. But their number one customers is black. They would follow. I, I literally worked there. And they would follow black people around. She's stealing, she's stealing. And it would be sometime the Spanish and the white that would come in there and take all their shit. Black people didn't have to steal. When Haiti had the storm, I went to the owner and I said, hey, we should, you know, start shipping out candles and stuff. No, 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 we can't do that. But when Puerto Rico was messed up, man, everybody and their mother got together. And they were like, you helping? No. Y'all didn't help Haiti, so why I'm helping y'all? Haiti Haiti is, is what? So, and this was way before I even went to Haiti. When they had that big earthquake and the storm, they didn't do anything. I did, but they didn't, which was sad, which was sad. You know, um... But they did, they treated black, you know, customers, they would charge them a little extra. Like, they were, they were horrifying. And people would say, well, why you work here? Because when black people come here, I want them to see me. I want them to see that we are here. We are spiritual. We are here. We are, we are the original. Yeah, I will say that. We are the original. We are. So, um, Ozzy would, Ozzy would come. When I was sick in Atlanta, man, I had walking pneumonia. Ozzy took me to the supermarket, and that's when I was like, "Wow, Spanish people look out for Spanish people. That shit is not a joke." And in the back was a, a doctor's office, and it's sad because you have some great doctors and from other countries that can come and really help the medical, you know, community and. They want them to go through all of that all over again. Uh, if I'm a head surgeon over in Puerto Rico and Cuba, I got to come back and go to school and get... Nah, I'm not doing that. So they had a lot of um, pharmacies and, and doctor's office in the back of their supermarkets. But they also, and a lot of Jewish people do the same thing, and Chinese, they will lower their prices for their people and hype it up for other races. <laughs> so I was really cool when I went because of Poppy and, and um, Ozzy you know, of showing me that world. And I was very grateful for that. And I was, and I got so much better and I was so happy. But the best part of Ozzy, one year it was my birthday. And I was staying at my daughter's, you know, crashing there sometimes. And uh, when I come to, yeah, no matter of fact, I was staying at at this chick's house, look here now. And I, I, you know, I didn't, I, I, in a way I was kind of feeling, you know, down. And I spoke to Ozzy. That next night, Ozzy was up in New York and we partied and we went to my brother's house and my brother made these, um, ice pops, cake pops. And me, and Ozzy, we and was all in the city and stuff. And, you know, man, we had fun. We had fun. And he said, listen, sis, I don't care where you go in this world. He said, I can be dead and gone. Live your life. Live your life. Go see things. Have adventures. Be fruitful. Laugh as much as you can. Because the world already seen all our tears. Laugh. Do whatever it is you want to do because this life is short and that's the one thing I will give to Ozzy he did he lived this fucking life he did he really did he lived it he lived it gay as fuck and lived it you called him a faggot he'd be like so thank you I know what I am thank you thank you he didn't allow words to 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 dictate his life he didn't you know he would give a fuck. At all. He lived his life. And we would laugh. We would just have so many adventures together. We would go to Ryan's house because it was all three of us. We would go to Ryan's house where Ryan threw dinner parties, me and Ozzy, and and Sexy because that was Ozzy's boyfriend at first. And then Ozzy, you know, found the love of his life. And I used to call them Beyonce and Jay-Z. I used to be like, look at this power couple and man he was he found love he enjoyed this fucking life and he didn't allow no one to put restrictions boundaries or anything he didn't compromise neither and that's the one thing I will say that's the one thing I will say if I didn't want to do it I don't give a fuck if you 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 did it he'd be like no and he didn't call and checked up and be like so what happened? Because he didn't give a fuck. He used to always say, why well, I care? If I cared enough, I would have went. I didn't care. So, okay. And he'll move on about his life. That was it. And he never judged anybody. As he was from Guatemala. He didn't judge anyone. No one. He didn't care. He did what he had to do. Professional. And walked on about his business. That was it. That was it. And we had fun. We did. We had fun. And when I found out my friend died, that shit took it. Like, damn. But just recently, him and Copper John gave me a reminder. I compromised for a few people, and I wound up getting the shit end of the stick. Not doing that. They was the reminder. Why? Why? Why are you because someone tells you to? No. No. If it's not a part of your plan, don't put your plan and your life on halt. Because somebody wants... No. Favors, I don't do favors. I used, to, I used to always tell people that. When people would come to me and be like, Hey, you fucking you do me a favor? Nope. Why? Because favors become my responsibility and it's not mine. It's yours. So, nah, I'm good. If you ask me, can I help out? Let me see. If I can't, nah, baby. Go somewhere else. I can't do it. But you know, when you say no to people, and it's not out of hatred or anything, it's like, no, I can't do it. Motherfuckers get mad. And they don't want to be bothered with you. They done canceled you. All of that. I can't do it. That's it. You know, it's not. But then you, you may see that person say, wow, they're good at this. Hey, can you, no, mm -mm, remember when you said no to me? That's the petty shit. And those people, leave them there. Go find you a new set of friends. When someone always have to say, well, what you say? I know you said something. The fuck? I'm telling you a conversation. It was no, it was no negative stuff. When someone has to say, oh, you telling me the truth? What the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, Do I look like I'm a liar? These are triggering. And it's not even triggering. Let me not even use that. These are the characteristics of someone you really don't want to be with. You really don't want to be around. Like you really have to put your mental health, your beautiful peace, your safe space that you're creating for you. And allow those of like minds or better to come in and teach so you can learn and grow. But those people that still are stuck in that, leave them there. Copper John didn't care about how you felt about him. Those people that loved him, that appreciate him, that that he loved, they were around him. Those other motherfuckers, they left. Now, yeah, he might have been a villain in a few stories. Shit. He could have been the leader of doom. But that didn't stop him. And... Most of the time you go back and you apologize. People want you to apologize online and make a big ass public. Man, kiss my ass. I know you lying. Ozzy, he could have been a villain in a few things. Trust and believe he, he was. Did he apologize in more ways than one? He even served for it. So, but that didn't stop him. Of him enjoying and enjoying the finer things in life, and taking advantage of the sunset, watching the sun go down and rise up is a beautiful thing. From the beach in Bahamas, man, that that vision alone is epic. People go, and that was the beauty of us. And I think that's why I loved him so dearly. When you go on vacations, I don't want to see the the tourist part. I want to go and see how the locals live. And we did that. We did that shit. And we were grateful for it. You know? Um, you, just, you just had to. You got to live this life. There's no do-overs. And if you get a second chance. Man, live it up right. Because these people, yeah, they're gone. Physically. Spiritually, they'll always be here. But physically, they're gone. But I will say, they enjoyed it. every moment of that ride. And then the last of the person was my dad. My father. My father played drums, made music, loved it, lived his passion, followed his journey. Even though everybody and their mother said, no, 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 no. <laughs> everybody and their mother said, no my father couldn't drum my father went invested in himself. my grandfather god bless the dead told my father he's wasting his money but he stayed stayed the course my father got to play at the apollo my father got to play all around the world made records enjoyed it lived his passion until he said oh it's time i got a daughter i gotta make sure she good and just enjoyed his life Right? And would tell us stories of everywhere he went. When he would go and play music when I got older, people would see him and be like, Hey! And they'd start talking about all the ventures they had. And that was grateful. I was grateful to see that. But they did, they counted my pops out. They said he, he wouldn't do it, he would not. But he did it and he proved them wrong. So being consistent. Following your your vision, your journey, whatever it is you were called to do. Your gifts will make room for you. My father would tell me that. Your gift will make room for you. You will be welcomed in rooms that you would never think you were going. You just have to believe in you. You have to believe in you. You have to be your own cheerleader sometimes. Folks will come around. Then I had to sit back and I was reading a post that I wrote maybe about eleven years ago that I shared on my page. So I'ma talk about one incident. I was in my when I was in my godmother's house, my god sisters and all of them, you know. I will say this, I hustled and paid for my Kofa, my Ori. Whatever little ceremonies they had, I paid for those. The only thing I didn't pay for was my crowning. I could not get that money out. My god sister Sabrina and my god sister Diane paid for me to get crowned with them. That is not a lie, and I'm not ashamed to share that. But at the end of the day, they would count me out. You know, my godmother and them, they did. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the name brand. I didn't have, you know, the look. You know what I'm saying? I was a little older, but I wasn't too old. I didn't have that, you know, look at me now. I didn't get bodies done. I didn't go and, you know, sleep with anyone famous or anything like that. I didn't do none of that. Just a hood chick that didn't mind talking to people. That was it. So I wasn't invited to a lot of things because I didn't have that look. You know, and I wasn't, I wasn't known or, you know, I, I wasn't, but it didn't stop me. Didn't stop me. Still would come over, still would, but I wasn't invited to a lot of the drummings and things like that. Like my sisters and them, I didn't, I didn't go, but I didn't, I wasn't bothered by it. Don't get it wrong. Let me make sure I put that out there because I was, you know meeting people. I met this chick from Cuba that was crying. my yacht in the shelter. Like I was meeting people. I was, you know, helping people. I still had my little shop. Um, so you can't own a business and still be homeless. Ah, welcome. Um, I was still, you know, talking to people and stuff and, um, going places and, you know, people would come by and, Give me words of wisdom. I met old Santados. I had the chance to speak to John Mason on the phone. So, because of Tony Shango, Cabo Sile. Like, I, you know, I I would go to the Caribbean Cultural Center. I would go to New Yorkians if they had something. Like, I was, I was still everywhere. Right? But I just wasn't the name brand popular, you know, where you can brag about a chick. Because that wasn't me. Right? So... I wasn't, I I wasn't, I wasn't able to sit at the table. I was the underdog and I I was good with that. Right. I, I do believe this side note that whatever you go through and all the people you meet, they're building you up. Never forget that. They're building you up. When people share words of wisdom, they share their stories and they share their experiences and all of that. That is for you to grab back and put into your spiritual bag and... So when things like life comes at you, you got those memories and those wise words of wisdom to keep you going. So anyway, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't the one that was, you know, the, the, the main, right? So, Okay. So, you know, everybody, I remember when my godmother was like, you know, how do you feel? Do you feel messed up because you brought half of these people here and they're doing better than you and stuff? And I said, well, I'm happy, you know, because I still clap for people. It ain't my time. And they was like, well, I would feel messed up. I, I didn't. Why? Why would I? Why am I feeling messed up? It's not my time. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm happy when people progress. I'm happy when people move forward. I'm happy when people, you know... Make it to where they need to go. Shit. I'm clapping for you. So when you take people as the underdog. That's why I said. Oshun lifted me up. up on Oshun all day. Lifted me up in front of those very people. That thought they were going to bury me. Despise me. Hurt me. Or destroy me. Because those same people. Asked me for help. Those same people. May have everything. And I remember when I was there listening to John Mason. And he gave me something that was so amazing. He was talking about the signal, Obeyono, which is my signal. And he said, you know, Obeyono is one of the signals. There's two more others. He said, well, they have to receive read He said, but it's not for everybody. He said, you got these people that got all the ceremonies. All the Arishas, they know all the famous sentettos and spiritual people. He said, and they got it. He said, but if you bring them in a circle, they don't know shit. He said, they're not even connected. He said, what's the use of having 50 chairs and one ass? He said, perfect what you got already. Learn to take care of that before you start going around picking up rocks, collecting them. He was like, you got to learn to work with what you have. He said, I know people that got all these initiations. He said, nobody knows they exist. He said, you got all these titles. But what are you doing with it? He said, I did not get in this religion just to have a title. And this man, he has his day, but he dressed regular. But he's known all over the world. Sat at so many people's tables. He said, and a lot of people did. They, They saw him as the underdog. Like, oh, who is he? He said, and then people from all over would sit there and say, hey, man, that's John Mason. Like, yo, that's John Mason. And I was like, wow, I was so mesmerized by him. Right? And when he, that's how I met Right Hand, too, that day. And he, um, he said, I said, listen, thank you. I said, because I did receive Ori because my signal is Obeyono. So he he said, she needed Ori. Her signal is Obeyono. He said, ah. And I was laughing. And I lived by that. You, what's the use you have all these titles? All these things. And you don't know nothing about them. You don't know what they work. You don't know anything. But you got a collection. You got a title. You a priestess. You got 15 years, 30 years. But what have you done to help your community? See, Muhammad can be holy as hell up in those mountains. But when he come down and be amongst the people... Is where the true test comes in at. I don't judge nobody. Nobody. I've sat with crooks, healers, thieves, prostitutes, scammers, con artists, dignitaries, people from high regards, and I'm still me. And I treat them all the same. I remember it was some rapper, don't get me the line, walked in and he was like, I want to read it. And I said, okay. And everybody was like, oh, I said, listen, when you sit in front of me, you just like me. Put your pants leg on one leg at a time, just like me. And I'm forever grateful. And they were forever grateful to say thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. What's the use of you having that title? I felt that what John Mason said, and you're not helping the people. What are you doing to help people? What are you doing? What's the use of you having all these things? You only got one ass. You only can take care of one thing at a time. But you're all over the place. How's that helping you or anyone else? And the one thing that I learned over all. Man, I know crackheads that can be. I know cokeheads that can run crazy ceremonies. When they have to do their ceremony, they sober. They know what to do. They get it done, and then afterwards they go on about their lives. I'm not here to judge anybody how they do it. That's between them, their Egon, their Ori, and their Orisha, and their Lofi. Ain't got nothing to do with me. As long as you do the service and you do it well, I'm grateful. But everybody does something differently. Now, if you line yourself up with those people, great. Follow their method. But know that everybody does things differently. It's, it's sad, but, you know, and everybody's magic is more greater than everyone else. Like I said, I love what John Mason said. He said, as you grow, you shed, you add on, but you grow. Now, if you're still doing the same thing you was doing four five years ago, excuse me, and you're still saying the same argument, or people don't like you, and you don't trust this one, and everybody's talking about you, you still saying that same story, Then you're going to share that forever. Where's the growth? And never, and I mean never, even though never belongs to God and not man, allow someone to stop you from pursuing your journey, your dream. Never. People will talk you out of the very thing that you were destined to do because they don't want you to do it because somebody talked them out of doing theirs. I love writing. I love writing, and a friend of mine that I assumed was my friend told me I can't write. You can't write, yo. You need to take classes. You nah nah, that shit don't make sense. So I was writing short stories. Ochani Lee ebay said, "Did this person make a book?" I said, "No." He said, "Is he an editor?" I said, "No." He said, "You write exceptionally well. Make your book. Stop listening to that asshole." So the guy saw the post because I tagged him. Why you tell everybody that? Why would you say that to me? Man, I was only joking. You you write well. Why would you joke with people like that? But then I had to ask myself, why the fuck are you listening to him? He's a loser. <laughs> why? Then I wrote a, a book. Man. Oh, that's nice. Mm, your little book. Oh yeah. So I kind of backed away from writing. And people were like, yo, man, why you not writing when the book coming? I was like, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. You know, and that's the sad part. Or how are you doing lives? Like, you, you're not even crowned that long. What can you talk about? My experience? Give hope to other people going on this journey? Not having them to give up? That, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, you're going to sound stupid. Nobody's going to listen. Um, like I said I, I had my homegirl She would do my wigs And sometimes the wigs was messed up And sometimes they were beautiful I remember my godbrother Called me and said <laughs> I blocked him after that too Don't get it twisted um, He called me He was like Girl somebody said They gonna do your wig for you Cause you look horrible It was the blue and white one I knew exactly which one it was I screenshot And sent him the screenshot I said, "Well, it's 2.1k people said it's nice." And I blocked them. I used to have people talk about my look. Oh my god, I wore a white wig, I would wear a yellow wig, I would wear a curly wig, I would wear a blonde wig, and people were, people were dogging me about it, right? But then as I traveled, people would call me and say, "What color hair you wearing? I want to dress like you." I said, "What?" You know, and they would, they would hit me up. You coming, you coming to Denver? Wait, what color you wearing? Cause I'm gonna be like you. I said, so one day I had, one year I had yellow and white and everybody that came to see me had on yellow and white or some kind of gold and white. I felt great. And the girl that used to do my hair, she still do every so often. She said, if all people notice is your hair, then they're not listening to you. They are not caring. And don't worry about those people. She said, because those very people will come and ask you for help one day. And I started laughing. You know, I didn't hear what happened. or Only my godbrother was the only one that called and was like, yeah, because, you know, people are saying that it's ugly and, you know, you need help. I said, good. Whoever wanted to do my hair, tell them. You paying for it? Of course. Yeah, because, you know, they out here laughing at you, girl. I just don't want you to look stupid. I said, okay. I said, I don't trust me I don't and he was like you know cuz it but I screenshot I said 2.1 K people said I look cute so whoever you're saying that I look fucked up it doesn't matter thank you though thank you for calling me and let me know that thank you and I blocked him I did I blocked him and it was funny because he was telling my godmother, he spoke to me every day. I was like, how I blocked him, I blocked him a long time ago. So how is that? So I, I thought it was funny because I'm like, I remember what she said. If people are only looking at the sea here, they're not looking at you. And those are not the people that, that you tend to need to be around. And those same people may come to you and ask you for help one day. So just smile. And it was really funny because my godbrother did. He asked me for help. And I was laughing. So when I went to go see her, I hugged her and said, girl, you ain't never lied. And I told her what happened. And she was like, see? She said, it's okay. And these are the people, everyday, regular people. I'll be, when I'm in Queens, I'll be people. And they be like, yo, keep your lives up. Yo, I hear you, sis. Yo, good looking. Yo, we saw you. We caught your shit. Yo, good looking. I'm not worrying about trying to get the attentions of other people or these people with names for themselves that has been crowned 30 years. You know who I'm trying to get the attention of? Those people that's out there in those streets grinding and doing every day and not having nobody to believe in them to let them know, yo, don't give up. To let them know, don't give up. Don't stop what you're doing. Don't... Don't give up. Because beauty... Is only skin deep see when people see the outside of you that's what you gonna base me on or what you see <laughs> so many more layers to that player so that's why I use that song and the last person I want to talk about they are not dead Roy would call me big baby and Roy's story is very beautiful yet it's very sad Roy was in a relationship and he was married. He had his kids. And his mother had asked him to, um, and I can't make this up. Roy Moms had asked him to come pick him up. Come pick her up because she was tired. She didn't want to drive. But Roy's wife was like, oh, you're always over there. you a mama's boy. You need to bring, yeah, stay home one day. You know, and he was like, but my mom is tired. I want to go over there. But, you know, he stayed with his wife. They called him. Roy Moms was in um a car crash and so it, when they had the jaws of life this was out in north carolina when they had the jaws of life to separate the car and the cop told him, you know your mom is alive but when we move this car she gonna you know she's she gonna die that's the only thing so he got a chance to go see her and she told him she didn't blame him she forgive him she love him you know that it's her time to go or whatever you know he only told me half the story so i was you know well I, we couldn't go into detail because he started crying, and um, his mom died. Roy took that guilt and carried that with him for the for so long, so long. Roy started smoking crack. Roy stole all the money in his family, spent his son's um, college <laughs> fund, uh, took his mother's insurance money, and smoked it up and left and moved to Atlanta. Was homeless, and was alcoholic drunk. And when he walked out, I thought he was Copper John at first and then not come and find out that's Roy. I said, okay, Roy would call me Big Baby. And one year in Atlanta, it was so cold. And the shelters, you know, they was... One year Atlanta said there's no homelessness, so they closed the shelters and they was giving people a one-way ticket back to where they came from, not knowing that half of the people were from Atlanta already. So Roy was going to sit out there, so I took Roy home. I said, nah, man, you can't. And my son would always be like, you're not your mother. Stop trying to save all the homeless people. Like, I can't believe it. We washed Roy's clothes, and we fed him, and he just chilled and slept and stuff. He hung out with us. He was in Walmart buying the grandbaby stuff and all of that. We was all sleeping in beds. You know, but it was cool. It was was Roy. And um, Roy told his story, and I never treated Roy any different. And I said, but at the end of the day, your mom forgave you. I said, the only one that that didn't forgive you was you. Long story short, Roy got himself cleaned. Roy got a chance to meet President Obama. Roy went back home and lived with his wife. And Roy is doing good. Roy called me out of the blue. He said, big baby? I said, Roy, Uncle Ruckus. He said, he said, I want to call you and tell you thank you. I said, thank me? What you thanking me for? He told me everything he did, how he got clean, how he back with his wife. He said, and I told my wife about you. He said, and I'm thankful for that small act of kindness and you not giving up and believing in me. I said, well, Roy, that's what we are supposed to do. He said, and I'll do the same thing now. He said, I don't turn nobody away. He said, thank you, big baby. He said, as long as you live in, don't stop. He said, because people like us, the broken ones, no, we won't be totally put back together. We come back with our and scars. But don't give up. That was the last of it. And I'm forever grateful. Because that was Roy's song, Beauty Only Skin Deep. I can't tell you and let you listen to that song without talking of Roy, Uncle Ruckus. Is what we call them. We carry our past with us. We carry all those emotional traumas and all of that. And if we keep carrying that, we miss all the blessings, all the healing that could be ours. I have to also remember Roy. And Roy ain't dead. Roy back in North Carolina with his family. Forgiveness is real. But the first ones you got to forgive is yourself. And no matter what, I'm a strong believer because Roy made sure I knew. People may try to stop your destiny. People may try to get in the way. But my mother, and Roy, and them have showed me. Your gift, your destiny, your calling, your creator, God, a Lofi, whatever name you want to give, will make sure you finish it out. Can't stop what was already ordained and blessed by the creator. You might take a hiatus for a little bit, but you always go back. Cause you can't stop that. So all those people that Roy was supposed to help, they might've been put on a little hiatus, but now he's there helping them. Making sure that he is watching over people, not giving up because a small act of kindness for someone to say, it's okay, a hug. A kiss on the forehead to tell people, I got you. I believe in you. I'm not going to allow your past to judge, for me to judge you on. If you're destined to do great things, great things will you do. That's fact. So I'm here to say this morning, on this beautiful morning, watching the sun, I'm here living in the mountains. Looking at the sun come over the mountains. And the beautiful scene that it gives to let you know don't allow nothing and no one to stop you keep going don't worry about looks and name brands and how many cars and houses and what people got stop you because if you go by the Bible Moses and them was broke Abraham and them was broke But they became higher than anyone can ever imagine. And it's not just wealth. I'm living testimony of that one. So, don't give up. And if people talk about you, great. Great. God bless them. God bless them. They ain't have nothing else to talk about in their own lives and they only can talk about you. Great. Shit, applaud. If people want to sit and have secret groups, great. God bless them. God bless them. Shit. But you don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And know that at the end of the day, you are loved, appreciated, cherished. You are necessary. And we need you. I can't touch and heal and, and help and guide everybody. You will see and touch and heal and help people that I may never meet. Greatest lesson angel ever told me was do you believe in quantity or quality i believe in giving good work i don't care how many people i help because if that one may turn around and help thousands and millions and i'll tell you a story about that one day so thank you as always it's been a plump pleasing pleasure catch my show on monday monday and wednesday you can always find me right here at the backport conjure this is ifa bayo and let me give you something to do to keep your day going I gave you the limes, now I want you to go and get a pot and put some sugar, maybe about a half a cup, two capfuls of vanilla extract, and five sticks of cinnamon, brown sugar at that, don't use white, and five sticks of cinnamon, You add some cloves in there if you want some money to come through your door, put it in a pot of water and let it boil in your house and watch how every spirit, every ego, everybody will just relax. We'll relax. We'll relax. As always, it's been a plum pleasing pleasure. This is Bobby Ann's baby girl saying welcome and thank you for being a part of the Back Poach Conjure, where we listen to old music and tell some beautiful, amazing stories of my experience and all of those that made an impact in my life. But catch me here Monday as well. Mondays and Wednesdays. You definitely get an earful. And thank you for all those that's listening. Please share, like, send a comment, make a post about it, all that. It's all appreciative. Thank you so much. your drink, your coffee, your tea, your drink, your water, some soda, whatever makes you feel comfortable. I told y'all it's a pleasure to be back. I'm very grateful to be able to do something that I have such a passion for. I love doing a podcast. I do. I love it. It's, it's amazing to me. Um, I had to get up early because, you know, I have some errands so I got to run early in the morning. And I don't want to do a podcast at night I think I get discouraged Because of everything that's going on I'd rather get it early, out the way Start your day off, start my day off With something to think about Something to do Something to uplift you You know And I was wondering what I was going to talk about Today With all the stuff that's going on In this world I'm like I can talk about this, I can talk about that I can talk about this but over the past few days, I have been getting, people have been, you know, calling me and talking to me. And we've had two, three hour long conversations, which was amazing. I, I really love each and every person's wisdom and input. And I was very grateful for messages to be received, um, to share some wisdom, right, to listen. Some of it I took and said, Wow. Other, I just tabled it because it didn't have anything to do with my life. So, you know, I just smiled and said, Okay. Um, You know, I mean, it is what it is at the end of the day. Excuse me. So, I was like, Okay, that's grateful for the message. You know, some of it was a reminder confirmation. Some of it was uh, you sure you're talking about me? Maybe you're talking about yourself. Well, okay. yeah, I wonder what it is. But the two main people that I've got words of wisdom from, they're no longer here. They gave me these messages years ago. And they're deceased now. God bless dead. The first one was Copper John. Papa John, great man, great man, great man. I mean, I was very grateful to say I knew him. I was very grateful for the conversations we would talk about. And, you know, we didn't get together and talked about people. No one was ever greater than no one else. No one was better than no one else everyone was seated at the table or sometimes we just all sit around on the ground um or sit in the park emin park but no one was greater than no one else riding on the trains getting on the bus going to Little five <laughs> or Limburg station but no one was greater than no one else no, and these are places in Atlanta. If y'all don't know, I mean this this brother, older, older in years, would give you a conversation. Um, I, you know, people would sit there and they'll crack jokes. Oh, you think you're a neighborhood celebrity, and um, not to him. You know, I'm saying now, like people will look at me and they be like, oh, you just. You and your little internet following when you think you're a neighborhood celebrity. No, I'm not. I'm not. And, but people would pay for copper John to travel all over the world. They would pay. And, um, he would go, he would go for the lessons, the conversation, the things he learned from other people. See, even though he was, let me tell you how this brother was, even though he was very informative. Lived a beautiful life. Right? But he would look at your life and get so excited. And would would just want to learn about you. He he told this story around the world. But he just wanted to learn about you. You were more famous. You were the one, the, the person of the hour. You know? the The great I am. You were it. And he would make sure you knew that. So, whenever I saw him, I took advantage of it. And not in a, I'ma grab everything you know, nah. To just sit amongst him, and have a conversation, and laugh, and listen. I never sat there and said, oh yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, no. Cause see, if your cup is already full, there's no room for growth. I don't give a fuck, if you're so full of everything, then your destiny is over. You lived it. It's time for you to go. You're going up to the wherever you go after you die. But he taught me that. When you enter a room, sit down, and learn. You're going to learn something. And it has nothing to do with age, does it? A baby can teach you something, a child, a teenager. There's always something to learn be a good, bad, or indifferent. You're going to learn something. You just have to be willing and open. Because when you come into a room and you act like you already know everything, ain't nobody going to talk to you. You're going to miss those great opportunities. And when he shared that with me, that's what I do. I mean, people will. I don't mind sharing my story. I've talked to people, you know, and shared my story. And, you know, <clears throat> that's it. But I love to hear yours. And I sit and listen and okay. But see, the part of that what I love about Copper John was... You see a story and people are, are judge you. Oh, I know they tea. I know they're, you know. But Papa John didn't stop. He didn't care. Whatever your vision or perception of me has nothing to do with me. It's how you process the information. You know, that's it. If I'm telling you, oh, I'm homeless. And the only thing you walk around and, and judge me on is, oh, she don't got shit. Psh, she don't got shit. She, she, she a bum. That's your perception. Now, have I told that to many people? And they go, wow, man, I bet you met some amazing people. Yeah, I did. I met people from Brazil. You know, I remember being a Yahoo, walking into the shelter in Brooklyn. And the girl walked up to me and she said, you a Yahoo? I said, yeah. She looked around and she said, we are saved. We are blessed. And that chick was from Brazil, from Paulo, And I didn't see her no more. At all. At all. I didn't see her no more. Now that is, wow. Okay, cause I had a few people that would tell me that. Man, you was homeless, I know you met some amazing people. Yo, you gotta tell me the stories, man. I did. I met a woman that killed her kids and one lived. She did so many years in prison in Virginia. She came back, was all sitting in the cafeteria and the girl was saying who she was. She was pulling up on her phone, you know, <clears throat> of what happened. And these young girls, young sisters, was fucking with her. You know, popping shit, talking about her. So the sister said, let me put a buzz in your ear. If she can kill her children without blinking, imagine what she'd do to y'all. Y'all don't want that kind of time or that smoke. She already did years in prison. She don't care. She'll go back. She ain't got nothing to lose. Y'all, y'all really want to go there? Over... Because the way she's looking, you know, the worst thing in the world, Copper John would wear his copper, dressed decent, you know what I'm saying? Wasn't a bum. Smelled good. Always smelled good. That's the one thing I give him. But because we don't have designer labels, we don't run with Beliciago, or, or we not worrying about how much we can spend when we go somewhere, who can have the biggest drumming, or who has the most expensive Arisha, how many orishas do you have oh i know i sat at the table with uh this one okay did you learn something at the end of the day you're gonna leave your children your, your your children's children belts buckles and names or you're gonna leave them some knowledge some wisdom a legacy you're gonna leave them something or you're gonna leave them where all you did was pop shit? and lying, fake people. See, Copper John left a legacy that all of us that was in Atlanta, that had the the beauty of sitting with him, can share our stories of him. So he'll always live. He will always live. He will. That's a legacy. That's a legacy. Not, oh, he was a bum. All he did was just say a few stories. That's your perception. But I'm grateful. And it was an honor each and every day. And that that reminder was, why are you worrying about what people think and say of you? Is that important? What are those people doing at the end of the day? You know what you were called to do. So remember that. People can throw sticks and stones. They can throw bricks, rocks. They can drag you. For the gods, Don't mean you stop. Keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Keep going. Life ain't been no crystal stair. Y'all know these poems. Y'all know these words. Keep going. Don't stop. Consistency. You're not doing it so you could be seen. You're doing it so those that need to see can find you. Be the lighthouse. Be the light. That's it. That's it. That was his. That was his message to me, to continue to be the lighthouse. Doesn't matter. God, creator, lofi, egon. They change your light bulb every so often. Continue to shine. Those ships that's out there in that ocean, they they need to know. They need to see that it's safe for them to come on in. They need to know in those turbulent times somebody is out there waiting saying it's okay. They need to know that whatever they're going through, they can get through it successfully. Scars doesn't mean that you lost the fight. Scars mean I endure and I got reminders that I didn't give up. (laughs) That's Copper John's message. Then I had, I was going through my memories and Ozzy, God bless the dad. <laughs> he made a, he gave, he tagged a post and sent me a message and said, "Thank you for everything." I met Ozzy when I was working at Love Shot for John Cornetta. Ozzy walked in and said, "I need a job." <laughs> so me and Ryan, we was like, "Okay." I was like, "Wait, is he good?" And Ryan was like, "Yeah, he's good." And he came in. He said, "You gonna hire me?" And we sure did. We did. We hired Ozzy. Ozzy lived his life truthfully with no fucks given. Ozzy did. Ozzy was married. But Ozzy was gay. And he had a beautiful home going out toward the airport. Ozzy went home one day. Because Ozzy said, I'm going to live in my truth. I don't care. Ozzy went home one day, told his wife, you can have everything. I'm just taking a car. I'm gonna have the other car. I'm gay. Um and you know, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm giving you everything. He gave it a house, he gave her money, he gave her everything. And he left. He already got a little job, so all he needed to do was pay his insurance. And Ozzy left. Ozzy left. His wife was mad and she told him, Oh, I'ma tell your father that you're gay. And you know, Ozzy's father in his mind. <laughs> He just assumed, well, you know, my father's going to give up on me. He's going to um, hate me. We will make a situation worse in our heads. Before us really knowing the actual truth. We will place scenarios over and over in our head. And his wife did. So, I didn't go home for about a year and a half, almost two. I didn't go home. Well, Ozzy Pop was getting sick. He was under the weather. It wasn't nothing like death. But he was under the weather. And Ozzy had to go home. So Ozzy went home. And his father told him, I love you. I don't care what you do. Who you sleep with. You're my son. I love you. That gave Ozzy even more confidence. To live his fucking life the way he see fit. Ozzy's Mom loved him unconditionally didn't matter who he slept with who he was with ozzy family still loved him so i won a contest on my job i got to go to the bahamas we had to go through florida and go to the bahamas now i was going to take my son but my son didn't get his passport at time we both got it but and then he didn't want to go so i said okay so i took ozzy just met ozzy didn't know ozzy from a hole in the wall mind you we got stranded in florida But it was the best strand that we ever had. We didn't have hardly no money. (laughs) When I tell you, our paycheck was coming maybe two or three days. Um, And I had direct deposit. So it was coming like two or three days. But we were in the Bahamas. First was in Florida because we missed our flight. Well, we didn't miss it. The plane took off ahead of schedule. So we had to stay in Florida that night. Ah, man, we enjoyed it. I was a vegetarian, As he said, listen, you on vacation. We ain't doing all of that, we gonna live. And that was the night I ate wings. Oh my God, I got sick though, I ain't even gonna lie. But we partied, oh, we partied, we danced, we walked around, everything. We was on the beach. And then that next morning, we got up, hangover and all, and we flew to the Bahamas. We checked in at our hotel, we did have nothing on our credit card, so next door was a casino. I said, Ozzy, I got to go in that casino. I'm telling you, we're going to make some money. He said, bitch, we only down to like $25. I am telling you, I'm going to make this bread. We go in. Ozzy was the type that, you sit here, I'm going to go and do what I need to do. And we gonna we going we gonna to do this. I said, okay. He said, we're going to meet back here in like two hours. When I tell you I was hitting, hitting, hitting. <laughs> Ozzy came. He said, Where your winnings? I said, here, you take my winnings. I'm going to take this 50, and I'm going to gamble until, you know, something say stop. Made a little bit more money, and then I was like, stop. So, we went to a restaurant in the Bahamas. (laughs) We went, and we went on tours. Like, we had fun. We did. We had fun. We popped shit with people. Ozzy had a little boy toy. Um, I brought me a skirt man. I was drinking these... um, What was it called? Shit. I forgot the name of that goddamn drink. It wasn't Bahama Mama's because they was giving those away for Gully wash. That's what I was drinking. Gully wash. Gully wash comes in a coconut with coconut, pineapple, and rum. And something else. I forgot what else they added. But I was drinking those shits like it was no tomorrow. I even took a picture. I was lit. I was drunk. Drunk. We slept on the beach. <laughs> we had fun. Ozzy taught me to live my life no matter what. And don't allow nothing to stop you. Go on adventures. See the world. Ozzy would. Ozzy would travel. Ozzy would call me here in Texas. I would call me. Baby, I Girl, I'm over in New Orleans. Girl, I'm here. So one year, tell you how much of a friend Ozzy was. First, I was working at this botanica and the women in there. I don't hate all Spanish people. Let me, let me put this out there. Um, but I understand, you know, how, how some black people are treated by Spanish people, but not all. So don't get it twisted. So don't come for me. Cause this is my experience. I was working at Jamaica's religious, right. And these Spanish women <coughs> will call me dog dumb bitch, all that in Spanish. They couldn't say it in English because I would have beat them to death. Um, so one day I had a sidekick, right, the phones. One day I was talking to Ozzy, and they was in the back talking Spanish. And they were dogging me. And Ozzy was like, go over there. What they say? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I went over there. I was standing over there. He was listening. He said, I'm on my way. Ozzy was in Atlanta. Ozzy came up to New York. And he said, "Listen, I'm gonna talk." You say, "Yeah, just nod your head, yeah." So he was over there talking to them, and he was like, "Ah, hey, just speaking Spanish." And I'm sitting there like, "Yeah, I got you, yeah, yeah." He said, "See, I think she don't know Spanish. She does." He said, and "My sister is not a dog. She's not a black bitch." But he was telling them in Spanish, and they was looking like, "Who?" He was like, "And I can read all of y'all." See, as he would read with the cigar, he was known for that, and he was going in on all of them. And I, I was like, wow, my friend came to, my, to my, my aid. He didn't have to. He was all the way in Atlanta. He came all the way to New York. Um, it's sad in this day and age where people that's supposed to be your friend would watch the very people destroy you or try to or talk about you or tarnish your image, and then they'll close their door, lock their windows, and turn off the lights and act like they didn't see it. Or the first thing they're saying, I hate that sentence. I hate that sentence. Well, they grown. It's nothing I can do. Or, you know, I, I try. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. See, that's the beauty of Ozzy. And that's the message Ozzy taught me. Friends, you be there for your friends. Because your friends become your family. Friends are God's way of saying, listen, your family in reality might be fucked up. But I'm going to send you people that's going to love and care for you. Ozzy did that in every form shape and fashion that motherfucker came like no 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 what we're not gonna do is do this nah that's my sister no 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 right didn't care did not care but most people now it's based on money and, and how much they can get and the popularity oh i can't say anything because it's gonna trigger people no but you allow your friends to get dogged and dragged yeah okay and you know just a side note when you call me about a post on my page and you call me, you better come with facts and stating. Don't don't come with, well, why is that on there? If I grab the picture off of so many sites, don't, don't question me because I, I hate when, just a side note, I hate when people are quick to come for the black woman. And it, and it has been. So anyway, back to the reality. These women, these Spanish women that I worked around were horrifying to black people. Horrifying the way they talk and treat black people. But their number one customers is black. They would follow. I, I literally worked there. And they would follow black people around. She's stealing. She's stealing. And it would be sometime the Spanish and the white that would come in there and take all their shit. Black people didn't have to steal. When Haiti had the storm. I went to the owner, and I said, hey, we should, you know, start shipping out candles and stuff. No, 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 we can't do that. But when Puerto Rico was messed up, man, everybody and their mother got together. And they were like, you helping? No. Y'all didn't help Haiti, so why I'm helping y'all? Haiti Haiti is, is what? So, and this was way before I even went to Haiti. When they had that big earthquake and the storm, they didn't do anything. I did, but they didn't, which was sad. Which was sad. You know. um, But they did. They treated black. And, you know, customers. They would charge them a little extra. Like they were. They were horrifying. And people would say, well, why you work here? Because when black people come here, I want them to see me. I want them to see that we are here. We are spiritual. We are here. We are. We are the original. Yeah. I will say that. We are the original. We are. So... Um, Ozzy would Ozzy would come When I was sick In Atlanta Man I had walking pneumonia Ozzy took me To the supermarket And that's when I was like Wow Spanish people Look out for Spanish people That shit is not a joke And in the back Was a, a doctor's office And it's sad Because you have some Great doctors And from other countries That can come And really help The medical You know Community And they want them to go through all of that all over again. I'm uh, a head surgeon over in Puerto Rico and Cuba, I got to come back and go to school and get... Nah, I'm not doing that. So they had a lot of um, pharmacies and, and doctor's offices in the back of their supermarkets. But they also, and a lot of Jewish people do the same thing, and Chinese, they will lower their prices for their people and hype it up for other races. <laughs> so I was really cool when I went because of Poppy and, and um, Ozzy you know, of showing me that world. And I was very grateful for that. And I was, and I got so much better and I was so happy. But the best part of Ozzy, one year it was my birthday. And I was staying at my daughter's, you know, crashing there sometimes. And uh, when I come to, yeah, no matter of fact, I was staying at, at this chick's house, look here now. And I, I, you know, I didn't, I, I, in a way I was kind of feeling, you know, down. And I spoke to Ozzy. That next night, Ozzy was up in New York and we partied and we went to my brother's house and my brother made these um, ice pops, cake pops. And me, and Ozzy, we and was all in the city and stuff. And, you know, man, we had fun. We had fun. And he said, listen, sis, I don't care where you go in this world. He said, I can be dead and gone. Live your life. Live your life. Go see things. Have adventures. Be fruitful. Laugh as much as you can. Because the world already seen all our tears. Laugh. Do whatever it is you want to do. Because this life is short. And that's the one thing I will give to Ozzy. He did. He lived this fucking life. He did. He really did. He lived it. He lived it. Gay as fuck. And lived it. You called him a faggot, he'd be like, so? Thank you. I know what I am. Thank you. Thank you. He didn't allow words to, to, to dictate his life. He didn't, you know, he, would, he didn't give a fuck at all. He lived his life. And we would laugh. We would just have so many adventures together. We would go to Ryan's house because it was all three of us. We would go to Ryan's house where Ryan threw dinner parties, me and Ozzy and and Sexy because that was Ozzy's boyfriend at first. And then Ozzy, you know, found the love of his life. And I used to call them Beyonce and Jay-Z. I used to be like, look at this power couple. And man... He was. He found love. He enjoyed this fucking life. And he didn't allow no one to put restrictions, boundaries, or anything. He didn't compromise neither. And that's the one thing I will say. That's the one thing I will say. If Ozzy didn't want to do it, I don't give a fuck if you, 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 you did it. He'd be like, no. And he didn't call and check up and be like, so what happened? Because he didn't give a fuck. He used to always say, why I care? If I cared enough, I would have went. I didn't care. So, okay. And he'll move on about his life. That was it. And he never judged anybody. Ozzy was from Guatemala. He didn't judge anyone. No one. He didn't care. He did what he had to do. Professional. And walked on about his business. That was it. That was it. And we had fun. We did. We had fun. And when I found out my friend died, that shit took it. Like, damn. But just recently, him and Copper John gave me a reminder. I compromised for a few people, and I wound up getting the shit end of the stick. Not doing that. They was the reminder. Why? Why? Why are you because someone tells you to? No. No. If it's not a part of your plan, don't put your plan and your life on halt. Because somebody wants... No. favors. I don't do favors. I used to. I used to always tell people that. When people would come to me and be like, "Hey, you fuck, you do me a favor." Nope. Why? Cause favors become my responsibility, and it's not mine. It's yours. So now nah, I'm good. If you ask me, can I help out? Let me see. If I can't, nah, baby, go somewhere else. I can't do it. But you know, when you say no to people, and it's not out of hatred or anything, it's like, no, I can't do it. Motherfuckers get mad, and they don't want to be bothered with you. They canceled you. All of that. I can't do it. That's it. You know, it's not, but then you, you may see that person say, wow, they're good at this. Hey, can you, no, mm -mm, remember when you said no to me? That's the petty shit. And those people, leave them there. Go find you a new set of friends. When someone always have to say, well, what you say, I know you said something. The fuck? I'm telling you a conversation. It was no, it was no negative stuff. When someone has to say, oh, you telling me the truth? What the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, Do I look like I'm a liar? These are triggering. And it's not even triggering. Let me not even use that. These are the characteristics of someone you really don't want to be with. You really don't want to be around. Like you really have to put your mental health, your beautiful peace, your safe space that you're creating for you. And allow those of like minds or better to come in and teach so you can learn and grow. But those people that still are stuck in that, leave them there. Copper John didn't care about how you felt about him. Those people that loved him, that appreciate him, that that he loved, they were around him. Those other motherfuckers, they left. Now, yeah, he might have been a villain in a few stories. Shit. He could have been the leader of Doom. But that did stop him. And most of the time you go back and you apologize. People want you to apologize online and make a big-ass public. Man, kiss my ass. I know you lying. Ozzy, he could have been a villain in a few things. Trust and believe he, he was. Did he apologize? In more ways than one. He even served for it. So, but that didn't stop him. Of him enjoying and enjoying the finer things in life and taking advantage of the sunset. Watching the sun go down and rise up is a beautiful thing. From the beach in Bahamas, and that, that vision alone is epic. People go and that was the beauty of us. And I think that's why I loved him so dearly. When you go on vacations, I don't want to see the the church part. I wanna go and see how the locals live. And we did that. We did that shit. And we were grateful for it. You know? Um, you just you just had to. You got to live this life. There's no do-overs. And if you get a second chance. Man, live it up right. Because these people, yeah, they're gone. Physically. Spiritually, they'll always be here. But physically, they're gone. But I will say, they enjoyed it. Every moment of that ride. And then the last of the person was my dad, my father. My father played drums, made music, loved it, lived his passion, followed his journey. Even though everybody and their mother said, no, 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 no. (laughs) Everybody and their mother said, no my father couldn't drum my father went invested in himself. my grandfather god bless the dead told my father he's wasting his money but he stayed stayed the course my father got to play at the apollo my father got to play all around the world made records enjoyed it lived his passion until he said up oh, it's time i got a daughter i gotta make sure she good and just enjoyed his life Right? And would tell us stories of everywhere he went. When he would go and play music when I got older, people would see him and be like, Hey! And they'd start talking about all the ventures they had. And that was grateful. I was grateful to see that. But they did, they counted my pops out. They said he he wouldn't do it, he would not. But he did it and he proved them wrong. So being consistent following your your vision, your journey, whatever it is you were called to do, your gifts will make room for you. My father would tell me that. Your gift will make room for you. You will be welcomed in rooms that you would never think you were going. You just have to believe in you. You have to believe in you. You have to be your own cheerleader sometimes. Folks will come around. Then I had to sit back and I was reading a post that I wrote maybe about 11 years ago that I shared on my page. So I'm gonna talk about one incident. I was in my, when I was in my godmother's house, my god sisters and all of them, you know, I will say this, I hustled and paid for my Kofa, my Ori, Whatever little ceremonies they had, I paid for those. The only thing I didn't pay for was my crowning. I could not get that money out. My god sister Sabrina and my god sister Diane paid for me to get crowned with them. That is not a lie and I'm not ashamed to share that. But at the end of the day, they would count me out. You know, my godmother and them, they did. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the name brand. I didn't have, you know, the look. You know what I'm saying? I was a little older, but I wasn't too old. I didn't have that, you know, look at me now. I didn't get bodies done. I didn't go and, you know, sleep with anyone famous or anything like that. I didn't do none of that. Just a hood chick that didn't mind talking to people. That was it. So I wasn't invited to a lot of things because I didn't have that look. You know, and I wasn't, I wasn't known or, you know, I, I wasn't, but it didn't stop me. It didn't stop me. Still would come over, still would, but I wasn't invited to a lot of the drummings and things like that. Like my sisters and them. I didn't, I didn't go, but I did I wasn't bothered by it. Don't get it wrong. Let me make sure I put that out there. Cause I was, you know meeting people. I met this chick from Cuba that was crying, you my yard in the shelter. Like I was meeting people. I was, you know, helping people. I still had my little shop. Um, so you can't own a business and still be homeless. Ah, welcome. Um, I was still, you know, talking to people and stuff and, um, going places and, you know, people would come by and, give me words of wisdom. I met old Santados. I had the chance to speak to John Mason on the phone. So, because of Tony Shango, Cabo Sile. Like, I, you know, I, I would go to the Caribbean Cultural Center. I would go to New Yorkians if they had something. Like, I was I was still everywhere, right? But I just wasn't the name brand popular, you know, where you can brag about a chick because that wasn't me, right? So... I wasn't I, I wasn't I wasn't able to sit at the table. I was the underdog and I I was good with that. Right? I, I do believe this side note that whatever you go through and all the people you meet, they're building you up. Never forget that. They're building you up. When people share words of wisdom, they share their stories and they share their experiences and all of that. That is for you to grab back and put into your spiritual bag and So when things like life comes at you, you got those memories and those wise words of wisdom to keep you going. So anyway, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't the one that was, you know, the, the, the main, right? So, okay. So, you know, everybody, I remember when my godmother was like, you know, how do you feel? Do you feel messed up because you brought half of these people here and they're doing better than you and stuff? And I said, well, I'm happy, you know, because I still clap for people. It ain't my time. And they was like, well, I would feel messed up. I, I didn't. Why? Why would I? Why am I feeling messed up? It's not my time. It's not, you know, I'm I'm happy when people progress. I'm happy when people move forward. I'm happy when people, you know... Make it to where they need to go. Shit. I'm clapping for you. So when you take people as the underdog. That's why I said. Oshun lifted me up. up on Oshun all day. Lifted me up in front of those very people. That thought they were going to bury me. Despise me. Hurt me. Or destroy me. Because those same people. Asked me for help. Those same people may have everything. And I remember when I was there listening to John Mason, and he gave me something that was so amazing. He was talking about the signal Obeyono, which is my signal. And he said, You know, Obeyono is one of the signals. There's two more others. He said, Well, they have to receive Ori. He said, But it's not for everybody. He said, You got these people that got all the ceremonies. All the Arishas, they know all the famous sentettos and spiritual people. He said, and they got it. He said, but if you bring them in a circle, they don't know shit. He said, they're not even connected. He said, what's the use of having 50 chairs and one ass? He said, perfect what you got already. Learn to take care of that before you start going around picking up rocks, collecting them. He was like, you got to learn to work with what you have. He said, I know people that got all these initiations. He said, nobody knows they exist. He said, you got all these titles. But what are you doing with it? He said, I did not get in this religion just to have a title. And this man, he has his his day, but he dressed regular. But he's known all over the world. Sat at so many people's tables. He said, and a lot of people did. They, they saw him as the underdog. Like, oh, who is he? He said, and then people from all over would sit there and say, hey, man, that's John Mason. Like, yo, that's John Mason. And I was like, wow, I was so mesmerized by him. Right? And when he, that's how I met right hand, too, that day. And he, um, he said, I said, listen, thank you. I said, because I did receive Ori because my signal is Obeyono. So he he said, she needed Ori. Her signal is Obeyono. He said, ah. And I was laughing. And I lived by that. You, what's the use of you having all these titles, all these things, and you don't know nothing about them. You don't know what they work. You don't know anything. But you got a collection. You got a title. You a priestess. You got 15 years, 30 years. But what have you done to help your community? See, Muhammad can be holy as hell up in those mountains. But when he come down and be amongst the people, is where the true test comes in at. I don't judge nobody. Nobody. I've sat with crooks, healers, thieves, prostitutes, scammers, con artists, dignitaries, people from high regards. And I'm still me. And I treat them all the same. I remember it was some rapper. don't get me the line. Walked in and he was like, I want to read it. And I said, okay. And everybody was like, oh, I said, listen, when you sit in front of me, you just like me. Put your pants leg on one leg at a time, just like me. And I'm forever grateful. And they were forever grateful to say thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. What's the use of you having that title? I felt that what John Mason said, and you're not helping the people. What are you doing to help people? What are you doing? What's the use of you having all these things? You only got one ass. You only can take care of one thing at a time. But you're all over the place. How is that helping you or anyone else? And the one thing that I learned over all. Man, I know crackheads that can be. I know cokeheads that can run crazy ceremonies. When they have to do their ceremony, they sober. They know what to do. They get it done, and then afterwards they're going about their lives. I'm not here to judge anybody how they do it. That's between them, their Egon, their Ori, and their Orisha, and their Lofi. Ain't got nothing to do with me. As long as you do the service and you do it well, I'm grateful. But everybody does something differently. Now, if you line yourself up with those people, great. Follow their method. But know that everybody does things differently. It's, it's sad, but, you know, and everybody's magic is more greater than everyone else. Like I said, I love what John Mason said. He said, as you grow, you shed, you add on, but you grow. Now, if you're still doing the same thing you was doing four five years ago, excuse me, you're still seeing the same argument or people don't like you and you don't trust this one and everybody's talking about you still seeing that same story, Then you're going to share that forever. Where's the growth? And never, and I mean never, even though never belongs to God and not man, allow someone to stop you from pursuing your journey, your dream. Never. People will talk you out of the very thing that you were destined to do because they don't want you to do it because somebody talked them out of doing theirs. I love writing. I love writing. And a friend of mine that I assumed was my friend told me, I can't write. You can't write. yo. you need to take classes. You, nah, nah, that shit don't make sense. So I was writing short stories. Ochani Lee, Ibae said, did this person make a book? I said, no. He said, is he an editor? I said, no. He said, you write exceptionally well. Make your book. Stop listening to that asshole. So the guy saw the post because I tagged him. Why you tell everybody that? Why would you say that to me? Man, I was only joking. You you write well. Why would you joke with people like that? But then I had to ask myself, why the fuck are you listening to him? He's a loser. <laughs> why? Then I wrote a, a book. Man. Oh, that's nice. Mm, your little book. Oh yeah. So I kind of backed away from writing. And people were like, yo, man, why you not writing when the book coming? I was like, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. You know, and that's the sad part. Or uh, how are you doing lives? Like, you, you're not even crowned that long. What can you talk about? My experience? Give hope to other people going on this journey? Not having them to give up? That That's what I'm talking about. Oh, you're going to sound stupid. Nobody's going to listen. Um, like I said I, I had my home girl. She would do my wigs And sometimes the wigs was messed up And sometimes they were beautiful I remember my god brother Called me and said <laughs> I blocked him after that too Don't get it twisted um, He called me He was like Girl somebody said They gonna do your wig for you Cause you look horrible It was the blue and white one I knew exactly which one it was I screenshot And sent him the screenshot I said, well, it's 2.1K people said it's nice. And I blocked them. I used to have people talk about my look. Oh my God, I wore a white wig. I would wear a yellow wig. I would wear a curly wig. I would wear a blonde wig. And people were. People were dogging me about it, right? But then as I traveled, people would call me and say, what color hair you wearing? I want to dress like you. I said, what? You know? And they would, they would hit me up. You coming, you coming to Denver, what what color you wearing? Cause I'm gonna be like you. I said, so one day I had, one year I had yellow and white and everybody that came to see me had on yellow and white or some kind of gold and white, I felt great. And the girl that used to do my hair, she still do every so often. She said, if all people notice is your hair, then they're not listening to you. They not caring. And don't worry about those people. She said, because those very people will come and ask you for help one day. And I started laughing. You know, I didn't hear what happened. or Only my godbrother was the only one that called and was like, yeah, because, you know, people are saying that it's ugly and, you know, you need help. I said, good. Whoever wanted to do my hair, tell them. You paying for it? Of course. Yeah, because, you know, they out here laughing at you. Girl, I just don't want you to look stupid. I said, okay. I said, I don't. Trust me, I don't. And he was like, you know, because... But I screenshot. I said, 2.1K people said I look cute. So whoever you're saying that I look fucked up, it doesn't matter. Thank you, though. Thank you for calling me and letting me know that. Thank you. And I blocked him. I did. I blocked him. And... It was funny because he was telling my godmother he spoke to me every day. I was like, how? I blocked him. I blocked him a long time ago. So how is that? So I, I thought it was funny because I'm like, I remember what she said. If people are only looking at the sea here, they're not looking at you. And those are not the people that that you tend to need to be around. And those same people may come to you and ask you for help one day. So just smile. And it was really funny because my god brother did. He asked me for help and I was laughing. So when I went to go see her, I hugged her and said, girl, you ain't never lied. And I told her what happened and she was like, see, she said, it's okay. And these are the people, everyday, regular people. I'll be, when I'm in Queens, I'll be people and they be like, yo, keep your lives up. Yo, I hear you, sis. Yo, good looking. Yo, we saw you, we caught your shit. Yo, good looking. I'm not worrying about trying to get the attentions of other people or these people with names for themselves that has been crowned 30 years. You know who I'm trying to get the attention of? Those people that's out there in those streets grinding and doing every day and not having nobody to believe in them to let them know, yo, don't give up. To let them know, don't give up. Don't stop what you're doing. Don't. Don't give up. Because beauty is only skin deep. See, when people see the outside of you, that's what you gonna base me on, or what you see. <laughs> so many more layers to that player. So that's why I use that song. And the last person I want to talk about—they're not dead. Roy would call me big baby, and Roy's story is very beautiful, yet it's very sad. Roy was in a relationship. And he was married. He had his kids. And his mother had asked him to... Um, and I can't make this up. Roy Moms had asked him to come pick him up. Come pick her up. Because she was tired. She didn't want to drive. But Roy's wife was like, Oh, you're always over there. You're a mama's boy. You need to bring... Yeah, stay home one day. You know, And he was like, But my mom is tired. I want to go over there. But, you know, he stayed with his wife. They called him. Roy Moms was in um, a car crash. And... So when they had the jaws of life, this was out in North Carolina, when they had the jaws of life to separate the car and the cop told him, you know, your mom is alive, but when we move this car, she's going to, you know, she, she going to die. That's the only thing. So he got a chance to go see her and she told him she didn't blame him. She forgive him. She love him. You know, that it's her time to go or whatever. You know, he only told me half the story. So I was, you know, well, I, we couldn't go into detail because he started crying and um, his mom died. Roy took that guilt and carried that with him for the, for so long, so long. Roy started smoking crack. Roy stole all the money in his family, spent his son's um, college fund, uh, took his mother's insurance money and smoked it up and left and moved to Atlanta, was homeless and was alcoholic, drunk. And when he walked out, I thought he was Copper John at first and didn't come and find out, that's Roy. I said, okay, Roy would call me Big Baby. And one year in Atlanta, it was so cold. And the shelters, you know, they was... One year Atlanta said there's no homelessness, so they closed the shelters. And it was giving people a one-way ticket back to where they came from. Not knowing that half of the people were from Atlanta already. So Roy was going to sit out there. So I took Roy home. I said, nah, man, you can't. And my son would always be like, you're not your mother. Stop trying to... Save all the homeless people. Like, I can't believe it. We washed Roy's clothes and we fed him and he just chilled and slept and stuff. He hung out with us. He was in Walmart buying the grandbaby stuff and all of that. We was all sleeping in beds, you know, but it was cool. It was, it was Roy. And, um, Roy told his story and I never treated Roy any different. And I said, but at the end of the day, your mom forgave you. I said, only one that you didn't, that didn't forgive you was you long story short roy got himself cleaned roy got a chance to meet president obama roy went back home and lived with his wife and roy is doing good roy called me out of the blue he said big baby i said, roy uncle ruckus he said "Yeah." he said i want to call you and tell you thank you i said thank me what you thanking me for he told me everything he did, how he got clean, how he back with his wife. He said, I told my wife about you. He said, and I'm thankful for that small act of kindness. And you not giving up and believing in me. I said, well, Roy, that's what we are supposed to do. He said, and I'll do the same thing now. He said, I don't turn nobody away. He said, thank you, big baby. He said, and as long as you live living, don't stop. He said, because people like us, the broken ones, no, we won't be totally put back together. We come back with our and scars. But don't give up. That was the last of it. And I'm forever grateful. Because that was Roy's song. Beauty Only Skin Deep. I can't tell you and let you listen to that song. Without talking to Roy. Uncle Ruckus. Is what we called him. We carry our past with us. We carry all those emotional traumas and all of that. And if we keep carrying that, we miss all the blessings, all the healing that could be ours. I have to also remember Roy. and Roy ain't dead. Roy back in North Carolina with his family. Forgiveness is real. But the first ones you got to forgive is yourself. And no matter what... I'm a strong believer because Roy made sure I knew. People may try to stop your destiny. People may try to get in the way. But my mother and Roy and them have showed me. Your gift, your destiny, your calling, your creator, God, Alofi, whatever name you want to give. will make sure you finish it out. Can't stop what was already ordained and blessed by the creator. You might take a hiatus for a little bit, but you always go back because you can't stop that. So all those people that Roy was supposed to help, they might've been put on a little hiatus, but now he's there helping them, making sure that he is watching over people, not giving up because a small act of kindness for someone to say it's okay, a hug. A kiss on the forehead to tell people, I got you. I believe in you. I'm not going to allow your past to judge, for me to judge you on. If you're destined to do great things, great things will you do. That's fact. So I'm here to say this morning, on this beautiful morning, watching the sun, I'm here living in the mountains, looking at the sun come over the mountains. And the beautiful scene that it gives to let you know, don't allow nothing and no one to stop you. Keep going. Don't worry about looks and name brands and how many cars and houses and what people got. Stop you. Because if you go by the Bible, Moses and them was broke. Abraham and them was broke. But they became higher than anyone can ever imagine. And it's not just wealth. I'm living testimony of that one. So, don't give up. And if people talk about you, great. Great. God bless them. God bless them. They ain't have nothing else to talk about in their own lives and they only can talk about you. Great. Shit, applaud. If people want to sit and have secret groups, great. God bless them. God bless them. Shit. But you don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And know that at the end of the day, you are loved, appreciated, cherished. You are necessary. And we need you. I can't touch and heal and, and help and guide everybody. You will see and touch and heal and help people that I may never meet. Greatest lesson angel ever told me was do you believe in quantity or quality i believe in giving good work i don't care how many people i help, because if that one may turn around and help thousands and millions and i'll tell you a story about that one day so thank you as always it's been a plump pleasing pleasure catch my show on monday monday and wednesday you can always find me right here at the backport conjure Says is ifa bayo and let me give you something to do to keep your day going I gave you the limes. Now I want you to go and get a pot and put some sugar, maybe about a half a cup, two capfuls of vanilla extract, and five sticks of cinnamon, brown sugar at that. Don't use white. And five sticks of cinnamon. You add some cloves in there if you want some money to come through your door. Put it in a pot of water and let it boil in your house. And watch how every spirit, every ego, everybody will just relax. We'll relax. We'll relax. As always, it's been a plum pleasing pleasure. This is Bobby Ann's baby girl saying welcome. And thank you for being a part of the Back Poach Conjure. Where we listen to old music and tell some beautiful, amazing stories of my experience. And all of those that made an impact in my life catch me here at monday as well mondays and wednesdays you definitely get an earful and thank you for all those that's listening please share like send a comment make a post about it all that it's all appreciative thank you so much your drink, your coffee, your tea, your drink, your water, some soda, whatever makes you feel comfortable. I told y'all it's a pleasure to be back. I'm very grateful to be able to do something that I have such a passion for. I love doing a podcast. I do, I love it. It's it's amazing to me. Um I had to get up early because, you know, I have some errands I gotta run early in the morning and I don't want to do a podcast at night, I think I get discouraged because everything that's going on. I'd rather get it early, out the way, start your day off, start my day off with something to think about, something to do, something to uplift you, you know. And I was wondering what I was going to talk about today with all the stuff that's going on in this world. I'm like, I can talk about this, I can talk about that, I can talk about this. But over the past few days, I have been getting, people have been, you know, calling me and talking to me. And we've had two, three hour long conversations, which was amazing. I, I really love each and every person's wisdom and input. And I was very grateful for the messages to be received, um, to share some wisdom, right, to listen. Some of it I took and said, Wow. Other, I just tabled it because it didn't have anything to do with my life. So, you know, I just smiled and said, Okay. Um, You know, I mean, it is what it is at the end of the day. Excuse me. So I was like, Okay, that's grateful for the message. You know, some of it was a reminder confirmation. Some of it was uh you sure you're talking about me? Maybe you're talking about yourself. Well, okay. You know, I wonder what it is. But the two main people that I've got words of wisdom from, they're no longer here. They gave me these messages years ago. And they're deceased now. God bless them. The first one was Copper John. Cup of John great man, great man, great man I mean, I was very grateful to say I knew him I was very grateful for the conversations we would talk about, and you know we didn't get together and talked about people. no one was ever greater than no one else. no one was better than no one else everyone was seated at the table or sometimes we just all sit around on the ground um or sit in the park emin park but no one was greater than no one else riding on the trains getting on the bus going to Little five <laughs> or limburg station but no one was greater than no one else no, and these are places in Atlanta, if y'all don't know. I mean, this this brother, older, older than years, would give you a conversation. Um, you know, people would sit there and they'd crack jokes, oh, you think you're a neighborhood celebrity. And um, not to him. You know, I'm saying now, like people look at me and they'd be like, oh, you just, you and your little internet following, mean, you think you're a neighborhood celebrity. No, I'm not. I'm not. And, but people would pay for Coppa John to travel all over the world. They would pay. And um, he would go. He would go for the lessons, the conversation, the things he learned from other people. See, even though he was, let me tell you how this brother was. Even though he was very informative, lived a beautiful life, right? But he would look at your life and get so excited and would would just want to learn about you. He he told this story around the world, but he just wanted to learn about you. You were more famous. You were the one, the, the person of the hour, you know, the the great I am, you were it. And he would make sure you knew that. So whenever I saw him, I took advantage of it. And not in a, I'm gonna grab everything you know, nah. To just sit amongst him and have a conversation and laugh and listen. I never sat there and said, oh yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, no. Cause see, if your cup is already full, there's no room for growth. I don't give a fuck. If you're so full of everything, then your destiny is over. You lived it. It's time for you to go. You're going up to wherever you go after you die. But he taught me that. You enter a room, sit down, learn. You're going to learn something. And it has nothing to do with age, does it? A baby can teach you something. A child, a teenager. There's always something to learn. Be a good, bad, or indifferent. You're going to learn something. You just have to be willing and open. Because when you come into a room and you act like you already know everything, ain't nobody going to talk to you. You're going to miss those great opportunities. And when he shared that with me, that's what I do. I mean, people will. I don't mind sharing my story. I've talked to people, you know, and shared my story. And, you know, that's it. But I love to hear yours. And I sit and listen and, okay, but see, the part of that, what I love about Copper John was, he'll share a story and people will, will judge you. Oh, I know they tea. I know they're, you know. But Copper John didn't stop. He didn't care. Whatever your vision or perception of me has nothing to do with me. It's how you process the information. You know, that's it. If I'm telling you, oh, I'm homeless, and the only thing you walk around... And, and judge me on is, oh, she don't got shit. Psh, she don't got shit. She, she, she a bum. That's your perception. Now, have I told that to many people? And they go, wow, man, I bet you met some amazing people. Yeah, I did. I met people from Brazil. You know, I remember being a Yawwa, walking into the shelter in Brooklyn. And the girl walked up to me and she said, you a Yawwa? I said, yeah. She looked around and she said, we are saved. We are blessed. And that chick was from Brazil, from São Paulo. And I didn't see her no more, at all, at all. I didn't see her no more. Now that is, wow, okay. Cause I had a few people that would tell me that. Man, you was homeless, I know you met some amazing people. Yo, you gotta tell me the stories, man. I did. I met a woman that killed her kids and one lived. She did so many years in prison in Virginia. Came back, it was all sitting in the cafeteria, and the girl was saying who she was. She was pulling up on her phone, you know, <clears throat> of what happened. And these young girls, young sisters, was fucking with her, you know, popping shit, talking about her. So the sister said, "Let me put a buzz in your ear. If she can kill her children without blinking, imagine what she do to y'all. Y'all don't want that kind of time or that smoke." She already did years in prison. She don't care. She'll go back. She ain't got nothing to lose. Y'all, y'all really want to go there? Over because the way she's looking. You know, the worst thing in the world. Copper John would wear his copper. Dressed decent. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't a bum. Smelled good. Always smelled good. That's the one thing I give him. But because we don't have designer labels. We don't run with Balenciaga or or are we not worrying about how much we can spend when we go somewhere? Who can have the biggest drumming or who has the most expensive Orisha? How many Orishas do you have? Oh, I know I sat at the table with uh, this one. Okay. Did you learn something? At the end of the day, you're going to leave your children, your, your, your children's children, belts, buckles and names. Or you're going to leave them some knowledge, some wisdom, a legacy. You're going to leave them something? Or you're going to leave them where all you did was pop shit and lie and fake people? See, Copper John left a legacy that all of us that was in Atlanta, that had the, the beauty of sitting with him, can share our stories of him. So he'll always live. He will always live. He will. That's a legacy. That's a legacy. Not, oh, he was a bum. All he did was just say a few stories. That's your perception. But I'm grateful. And it was an honor each and every day. And that, that reminder was, why are you worrying about what people think and say of you? What, what, is that important? What are those people doing at the end of the day? You know what you were called to do, so remember that. People can throw sticks and stones, they can throw bricks, rocks. They can drag you for the gods. Don't mean you stop, keep going, keep going. Don't quit, keep going. Life ain't been no crystal stair. Y'all know these poems, y'all know these words. Keep going, don't stop. Consistency. You're not doing it so you could be seen. You're doing it so those that need to see can find you. Be the lighthouse. Be the light. That's it. That's it. That was his. That was his message to me. To continue to be the lighthouse. Doesn't matter. God, creator, lofi, ego. They change your light bulb every so often. Continue to shine. Those ships that's out there in that ocean, they they need to know. They need to see that it's safe for them to come on in. They need to know in those turbulent times, somebody is out there waiting, saying it's okay. They need to know that whatever they're going through, they can get through it successfully. Scars doesn't mean that you lost the fight. Scars mean I endure it. And I got reminders that I didn't give up. (laughs) That's Copper John's message. Then I had, I was going through my memories and Ozzy, God bless the dad, (laughs) he made a, he he tagged a post and sent me a message and said, thank you for everything. I met Ozzy when I was working at Love Shot for John Cornetto. Ozzy walked in and said I need a job <laughs> So me and Ryan we was like Okay I was like wait is he good And Ryan was like yeah he's good And he came in he said you gonna hire me I said, And we sure did We did we hired Ozzy Ozzy lived his life Truthfully With no fucks given Ozzy did Ozzy was married But Ozzy was gay And he had a beautiful home going out toward the airport. Ozzy went home one day, because Ozzy said, I'm going to live in my truth. I don't care. Ozzy went home one day, told his wife, you can have everything. I'm just taking a car. You can have the other car. I'm gay. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm giving you everything. He gave it the house. He gave her money. He gave her everything. And he left. He already got a little job, so all he needed to do was pay his insurance. And Ozzy left. Ozzy left. His wife was mad and she told him, oh, I'm going to tell your father that you're gay. And, you know, Ozzy's father, in his mind, (laughs) he just assumed, well, you know, my father's going to give up on me. He's going to um, hate me. We will make a situation worse in our heads before us really knowing the actual truth. We have placed scenarios over and over in our head. And his wife did. So, Ozzy didn't go home for about a year and a half, almost two. Ozzy didn't go home. Well, Ozzy pops was getting sick. He was under the weather. It wasn't nothing like death, but he was under the weather. And Ozzy had to go home. So, Ozzy went home. And his father told him, I love you. I don't care what you do, who you sleep with. You're my son. I love you. (gasps) That gave Ozzy even more confidence to live his fucking life the way he see fit. Ozzy mom loved him unconditionally. Didn't matter who he slept with, who he was with. Ozzy family still loved him. So I won a contest on my job. I got to go to the Bahamas. We had to go through Florida and go to the Bahamas. Now I was going to take my son, but my son didn't get his passport at time. We both got it, but and then he didn't want to go, so I said, okay. So I took Ozzy. Just met Ozzy. Didn't know Ozzy from a hole in the wall. Mind you, we got stranded in Florida. But it was the best strand that we ever had. We didn't have hardly no money. <laughs> would I tell you, our paycheck was coming maybe two or three days. Um, and I had direct deposit. So it was coming in like two or three days. But we were in the Bahamas. First was in Florida because... We missed our flight. Well, we didn't miss it. The plane took off ahead of schedule. So we had to stay in Florida that night. Ah oh, man. We enjoyed it. I was a vegetarian. Ozzy said, listen, you on vacation. We ain't doing all of that. We gonna live. And that was the night I ate wings. Oh my God. I got sick though. I ain't even gonna lie, but we party. Oh, we partied, We danced. We walked around everything. We was on the beach. And then that next morning, we got up, hangover and all, and we flew to the Bahamas. We checked in at our hotel. We had have nothing on our credit card. So next door was a casino. I said, Ozzy, I got to go in that casino. I'm telling you, we're going to make some money. He said, bitch, we only down to like $25. I said, I'm telling you, I'm going to make this bread. We go in. Ozzy was the type that, you sit here, I'm going to go and do what I need to do and we gonna we gonna we gonna do this i said okay he said we're gonna meet back here in like two hours when i tell you i was hitting 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 uh, ozzy came he said where are your winnings i said here you take my winners i'm gonna take this 50 and i'm gonna gamble until you know something say stop made a little bit more money and then i was like stop so we went to a restaurant in the bahamas <laughs> We went and we went on tours. Like, we had fun. We did. We had fun. We popped shit with people. Ozzy had a little boy toy. Um, I brought me a skirt man. I was drinking these, um, what was it called? Shit, I forgot the name of that goddamn drink. It wasn't Bahama Mamas because they was giving those away for free. gully Gullywash. That's what I was drinking, Gullywash. Gully wash comes in a coconut with coconut, pineapple, and rum, and something else. I forgot what else they added, but I was drinking those shits like it was no tomorrow. I even took a picture. I was lit. I was drunk. Drunk. We slept on the beach. (laughs) We had fun. Ozzy taught me to live my life no matter what, and don't allow nothing to stop you. Go on adventures. See the world. Ozzy would. Ozzy would travel. Ozzy would call me here in Texas. I would call me. Oh, girl, I'm over in New Orleans. Girl, I'm here. So one year, tell you how much of a friend Ozzy was. First, I was working at this botanica, and the women in there... I don't hate all spanish people let me let me put this out there um but i understand you know how how some black people are treated by spanish people but not all so don't get it twisted so don't come for me because this is my experience i was working at jamaica's religious right and these spanish women would call me dog dumb bitch, all that in spanish they couldn't say it in english because i'd have beat them to death um So one day I had a sidekick, right? The phones. One day I was talking to Ozzy, and they was in the back talking Spanish. And they were dogging me. And Ozzy was like, go over there. What they say? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I went over there. I was standing over there. He was listening. He said, I'm on my way. Ozzy was in Atlanta. Ozzy came up to New York. And he said, listen, I'm going to talk you. say said, yeah, just nod your head, yeah. So he was over there talking to them, and he was like, "Ah, oh, just speaking Spanish." And I'm sitting there like, "Yeah, I got you, yeah, yeah." He said, "See, I think she don't know Spanish. She does." He said, and "My sister is not a dog. She's not a black bitch." But he was telling them in Spanish, and they was looking like, "Who?" He was like, "And I can read all of y'all." See, he would read with the cigar. He was known for that, and he was going in on all of them, and I, I was like, "Wow!" My friend came to my, to my, my aid. He didn't have to, he was all the way in Atlanta. He came all the way to New York. Um. It's sad in this day and age where people that's supposed to be your friend would watch the very people destroy you or try to, or talk about you or t- tarnish your image. And then they'll close their door, lock their windows and turn off the lights and act like they didn't see it. Or the first thing they're saying, I hate that sentence. I hate that sentence. Well, they grown. It's nothing I can do. Uh, then, you know, I, I tried. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. See, that's the beauty of Ozzy. And that's the message Ozzy taught me. Friends, you be there for your friends. Because your friends become your family. Friends are God's way of saying, listen, your family in reality might be fucked up. But I'm going to send you people that's going to love and care for you. Ozzy did that in every form, shape, and fashion. That motherfucker came. Like, no, no, no. What we not going to do is do this. No, that's my sister. No, no, no. Right? Didn't care. Did not care. But most people now, it's based on money and and how much they can get and the popularity. Oh, I can't say anything because it's going to trigger people. No, but you allow your friends to get dogged and dragged? Yeah, okay. And, you know, just a side note. When you call me about a post on my page and you call me. You better come with facts and stating. Don't don't come with. Well, why is that on there? If I grab the picture off of so many sites, don't don't question me, cause I I hate when. Just a side note, I hate when people are quick to come for the black woman, and it, and it has been. So anyway, back to the reality. These women, these Spanish women that I worked around were horrifying to black people. Horrifying the way they talk and treat black people. But their number one customers is black. They would follow. I, I literally worked there. And they would follow black people around. She's stealing, she's stealing. And it would be sometimes the Spanish and the white that would come in there and take all their shit. Black people didn't have to steal. When Haiti had the storm. I went to the owner, and I said, hey, we should, you know, start shipping out candles and stuff. No, 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 we can't do that. But when Puerto Rico was messed up, man, everybody and their mother got together. And they were like, you helping? No. Y'all didn't help Haiti, so why I'm helping y'all? Haiti, Haiti is, is what? So, and this was way before I even went to Haiti. When they had that big earthquake and the storm, they didn't do anything. I did, but they didn't, which was sad. Which was sad, you know. Um, but they did. They treated black, you know, customers. They would charge them a little extra. Like they were. They were horrifying. And people would say, "Well, why you work here?" Because when black people come here, I want them to see me. I want them to see that we are here. We're spiritual. We are here. We are. We are the original. Yeah, I will say that we are the original. We are. So. Um, Ozzy would Ozzy would come When I was sick In Atlanta Man I had Walking pneumonia Ozzy took me To the supermarket And that's when I was like Wow Spanish people Look out for Spanish people That shit is not a joke And in the back Was a, a doctor's office And it's sad Because you have Some great doctors And from other countries That can come And really help The medical You know Community And they want them to go through all of that all over again. Uh, if I'm a head surgeon over in Puerto Rico and Cuba, I got to come back and go to school and get... Nah, I'm not doing that. So they had a lot of um, pharmacies and, and doctor's offices in the back of their supermarkets. But they also, and a lot of Jewish people do the same thing, and Chinese, they will lower their prices for their people and hype it up for other races. <laughs> so I was really cool when I went because of Poppy and, and um, Ozzy. You know of showing me that world and I was very grateful for that and I was and I got so much better and I was so happy But the best part of Ozzy one year it was my birthday and I was staying at my daughter's, you know crashing there sometimes and uh, When I come to yeah, no matter of fact I was staying at, at this chick's house look here now and I, I you know I didn't I, I in a way I was kind of feeling you know down and I spoke to Ozzy that next night Ozzy was up in New York and we partied and we went to my brother's house and my brother made these um ice pops cake pops and me and Ozzy, and Ozzy was all in the city and stuff and you know man we had fun we had fun And he said, listen, sis, I don't care where you go in this world. He said, I can be dead and gone. Live your life. Live your life. Go see things. Have adventures. Be fruitful. Laugh as much as you can. Because the world already seen all our tears. Laugh. Do whatever it is you want to do. Because this life is short. And that's the one thing I will give to Ozzy. He did. He lived this fucking life. He did. He really did. He lived it. He lived it. Gay as fuck. And lived it. You called him a faggot? He'd be like, so? Thank you. I know what I am. Thank you. Thank you. He didn't allow words to, to, to dictate his life. He didn't, you know, he, would, he didn't give a fuck at all. He lived his life. And we would laugh. We would just have so many adventures together. We would go to Ryan's house because it was all three of us. We would go to Ryan's house when Ryan threw dinner parties, me and Ozzy, and and Sexy because that was Ozzy's boyfriend at first. And then Ozzy, you know, found the love of his life. And I used to call them Beyonce and Jay-Z. I used to be like, look at this power couple. And man... He was. He found love. He enjoyed this fucking life. And he didn't allow no one to put restrictions, boundaries, or anything. He didn't compromise neither. And that's the one thing I will say. That's the one thing I will say. If Ozzy didn't want to do it, I don't give a fuck. If you, 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 you did it, he'd be like, no. And he didn't call and check up and be like, so what happened? Because he didn't give a fuck. He used to always say, why well, I care? If I cared enough, I would have went. I didn't care. So, okay. And he'll move on about his life. That was it. And he never judged anybody. As he was from Guatemala, he didn't judge anyone. No one. He didn't care. He did what he had to do, professional, and walked on about his business. That was it. That was it. And we had fun. We did. We had fun. And when I found out my friend died, that shit took it. But just recently, him and Copper John gave me a reminder. I compromised for a few people, and I wound up getting the shit end of the stick. Not doing that. They was the reminder. Why? Why? Why are you because someone tells you to? No. No. If it's not a part of your plan, don't put your plan and your life on halt. Because somebody wants. No. Favors, I don't do favors. I used to to always tell people that When people would come to me and be like Hey, you can you do me a favor? Nope, why? Because favors become my responsibility And it's not mine, it's yours So nah, I'm good If you ask me can I help out, let me see If I can't, nah baby, go somewhere else I can't do it But you know when you say no to people And it's not out of hatred or anything It's like no, I can't do it Motherfuckers get mad And they don't want to be bothered with you They done canceled you, all of that I can't do it, that's it You know, it's not, but then you, you may see that person say, wow, they're good at this. Hey, can you, no, mm -mm, remember when you said no to me? That's the petty shit. And those people, leave them there. Go find you a new set of friends. When someone always have to say, well, what you say, I know you said something. The fuck, I'm telling you a conversation. It was no, it was no negative stuff. When someone has to say, oh, you telling me the truth? What the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, Do I look like I'm a liar? These are triggering. And it's not even triggering. Let me not even use that. These are the characteristics of someone you really don't want to be with. You really don't want to be around. Like you really have to put your mental health, your beautiful peace, your safe space that you're creating for you. And allow those of like minds or better to come in and teach so you can learn and grow. But those people that still are stuck in that, leave them there. Copper John didn't care about how you felt about him. Those people that loved him, that appreciate him, that that he loved, they were around him. Those other motherfuckers, they left. Now, yeah, he might have been a villain in a few stories. Shit. He could have been the leader of doom. But that did stop him. And... Most of the time you go back and you apologize. People want you to apologize online and make a big-ass public. Man, kiss my ass. I know you lying. Ozzy, he could have been a villain in a few things. Trust and believe he, he was. Did he apologize in more ways than one? He even served for it. So, but that didn't stop him. Of him enjoying and enjoying the finer things in life and taking advantage of the sunset. Watching the sun go down and rise up is a beautiful thing. From the beach in Bahamas, and that, that vision alone is epic. People go and that was the beauty of us. And I think that's why I loved him so dearly. When you go on vacations, I don't want to see the the church part. I wanna go and see how the locals live. And we did that. We did that shit. And we were grateful for it. You know? Um, you, just, you just had to. You got to live this life. There's no do-overs. And if you get a second chance. Man, live it up right. Because these people, yeah, they're gone. Physically. Spiritually, they'll always be here. But physically, they're gone. But I will say, they enjoyed it. Every moment of that ride. And then the last of the person was my dad. My father. My father played drums, made music, loved it, lived his passion, followed his journey. Even though everybody and their mother said, no, 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 no. <laughs> everybody and their mother said, no my father couldn't drum my father went invested in himself. my grandfather god bless the dead told my father he's wasting his money but he stayed stayed the course my father got to play at the apollo my father got to play all around the world made records enjoyed it lived his passion until he said oh it's time i got a daughter i gotta make sure she good and just enjoyed his life Right, and would tell us stories of everywhere he went. When he would go and play music when I got older, people would see him and be like, hey, and they'd start talking about all the ventures they had. And that was grateful. I was grateful to see that. But they did, they counted my pops out. They said he, he wouldn't do it, he would not. But he did it and he proved them wrong. So being consistent following your your vision your journey whatever it is you were called to do your gifts will make room for you my father would tell me that your gift will make room for you you will be welcomed in rooms that you would never think you were going you just have to believe in you you have to believe in you you have to be your own cheerleader sometimes folks will come around Then I had to sit back and I was reading a post that I wrote maybe about 11 years ago that I shared on my page. So I'm gonna talk about one incident. I was in my, when I was in my godmother's house, my god sisters and all of them, you know, I will say this. I hustled and paid for my Kofa, my Ori, Whatever little ceremonies they had, I paid for those. The only thing I didn't pay for was my crowning. I could not get that money out. My god sister Sabrina and my god sister Diane paid for me to get crowned with them. That is not a lie, and I'm not ashamed to share that. But at the end of the day, they would count me out. You know, my godmother and them, they did. You know, I didn't didn't have the name brand, I didn't have you know, the look you know what I'm saying, I was a little older but I wasn't too old I didn't have that, you know, look at me now, I didn't get bodies done I didn't go and you know, sleep with anyone famous or anything like that, didn't do none of that just a hood chick that didn't mind talking to people that was it so I wasn't invited to a lot of things because I didn't have that look you know, and I wasn't I wasn't known, or you know, I I wasn't, but it didn't stop me. It didn't stop me. Still would come over. Still would. But I wasn't invited to a lot of the drummings and things like that. Like my sisters and them, I didn't. I didn't go. But I did I wasn't bothered by it. Don't get it wrong. Let me make sure I put that out there, cause I was, you know, meeting people. I met this chick from Cuba. that was crying. Get my yard in the shelter. Like I was meeting people. I was, you know, helping people. I still had my little shop. Um, so you can't own a business and still be homeless. Hi, welcome. Um, I was still, you know, talking to people and stuff and, um, going places and, you know, people would come by and give me words of wisdom. I met old Santados. I had the chance to speak to John Mason on the phone. So, because of Tony Shango, Cabo Sile, like I, you know, I, I would go to the Caribbean Cultural Center. I would go to New Yorkians if they had something. Like I was, I was still everywhere. Right. But I just wasn't the name brand popular, you know, where you can brag about a chick because that wasn't me. Right. So. I wasn't, I I wasn't, I wasn't able to sit at the table. I was the underdog and I I was good with that, right? I, I do believe this side note, that whatever you go through and all the people you meet, they're building you up. Never forget that. They're building you up. When people share words of wisdom, they share their stories and they share their experiences and all of that. That is for you to grab back and put into your spiritual bag and... So when things like life comes at you, you got those memories and those wise words of wisdom to keep you going. So anyway, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't the one that was, you know, the, the, the main, right? So, okay. So, you know, everybody, I remember when my godmother was like, you know, how do you feel? Do you feel messed up? Because you brought half of these people here and they're doing better than you and stuff. And I said, well, I'm happy, you know, because I still clap for people. It ain't my time. And they was like, well, I would feel messed up. I I didn't. Why? Why would I? Why am I feeling messed up? It's not my time. It's not, you know, I'm I'm happy when people progress. I'm happy when people move forward. I'm happy when people, you know... Make it to where they need to go. Shit. I'm clapping for you. So when you take people as the underdog. That's why I said. Oshun lifted me up. I fed up on Oshun all day. Lifted me up in front of those very people. That thought they were going to bury me. Despise me. Hurt me. Or destroy me. Because those same people. Asked me for help. Those same people may have everything. And I remember when I was there listening to John Mason and he gave me something that was so amazing. He was talking about the signal Obeyono, which is my signal. And he said, you know, Obeyono is one of the signals. There's two more others. He said, well, they have to receive or He said, but it's not for everybody. He said, you got these people that got all the ceremonies, All the Arishas, they know all the famous sentettos and spiritual people. He said, and they got it. He said, but if you bring them in a circle, they don't know shit. He said, they not even connected. He said, what's the use of having 50 chairs and one ass? He said, perfect what you got already. Learn to take care of that before you start going around picking up rocks, collecting them. He was like, you got to learn to work with what you have. He said, I know people that got all these initiations. He said, nobody knows they exist. He said, you got all these titles. But what are you doing with it? He said, I did not get in this religion just to have a title. And this man, he has his his day, but he dressed regular. But he's known all over the world. Sat at so many people's tables. He said, and a lot of people did. They, they saw him as the underdog. Like, oh, who is he? He said, and then people from all over would sit there and say, hey, man, that's John Mason. Like, yo, that's John Mason. And I was like, wow, I was so mesmerized by him, right? And when he, that's how I met Right Hand, too, that day. And he, um, he said, I said, listen, thank you. I said, because I did receive Ori because my signal is Obeyono. So he he said, she needed Ori. Her signal is Obeyono. He said, ah, and I was laughing. And I lived by that. You, what's the use of you having all these titles, all these things, and you don't know nothing about them. You don't know what they work. You don't know anything, but you got a collection. You got a title, you a priestess, you got 15 years, 30 years. But what have you done to help your community? See, Muhammad can be holy as hell up in those mountains, but when he come down and be amongst the people, is where the true test comes in at. I don't judge nobody. Nobody. I've sat with crooks, healers, thieves, prostitutes, scammers, con artists, dignitaries, people from high regards. And I'm still me. And I'll treat them all the same. I remember it was some rapper, don't get me the line, walked in and he was like, I want to read it. And I said, Okay. And everybody was like, oh, I said, listen, when you sit in front of me, you just like me. Put your pants leg on one leg at a time, just like me. And I'm forever grateful. And they were forever grateful to say thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. What's the use of you having that title? I felt that what John Mason said. And you're not helping the people. What are you doing to help people? What are you doing? What's the use of you having all these things? You only got one ass. You only can take care of one thing at a time. But you're all over the place. How's that helping you or anyone else? And the one thing that I learned over all. Man, I know crackheads that can be. I know cokeheads that can run crazy ceremonies. When they have to do their ceremony, they sober. They know what to do. They get it done, and then afterwards they go on about their lives. I'm not here to judge anybody how they do it. That's between them, their Egon, their Ori, and their Orisha, and their Lofi. Ain't got nothing to do with me. As long as you do the service and you do it well, I'm grateful. But everybody does something differently. Now, if you line yourself up with those people, great. Follow their method. But know that everybody does things differently. It's, it's sad, but you know, and everybody's magic is more greater than everyone else. Like I said, I love what John Mason said He said as you grow You shed you add on But you grow now, If you still doing the same thing you was doing four five years ago, excuse me You still seeing the same argument or people don't like you and you don't trust this one and everybody's talking about You still seeing that same story? Then you're going to share that forever. Where's the growth? And never, and I mean never, even though never belongs to God and not man, allow someone to stop you from pursuing your journey, your dream. Never. People will talk you out of the very thing that you were destined to do because they don't want you to do it because somebody talked them out of doing theirs. I love writing. I love writing, and a friend of mine that I assumed was my friend told me I can't write. You can't write, yo. You need to take classes. You nah nah, that shit don't make sense. So I was writing short stories. Ochani Lee Ebuying said, "Did this person make a book?" I said, "No." He said, "Is he an editor?" I said, "No." He said, "You write exceptionally well. Make your book. Stop listening to that asshole." So the guy saw the post because I tagged him. Why you tell everybody that? Why would you say that to me? Man, I was only joking. You you write well. Why would you joke with people like that? But then I had to ask myself, why the fuck are you listening to him? He's a loser. <laughs> why? Then I wrote a, a book. Man. Oh, that's nice. Mm, your little book. Oh yeah. So I kind of backed away from writing. And people were like, yo, man, why you not writing when the book coming? I was like, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. You know, and that's the sad part. Or uh, how are you doing lives? Like, you, you're not even crowned that long. What can you talk about? My experience? Give hope to other people going on this journey? Not having them to give up? That That's what I'm talking about. Oh, you're going to sound stupid. Nobody's going to listen. Um, like I said I, I had my homegirl She would do my wigs And sometimes the wigs was messed up And sometimes they were beautiful I remember my god brother Called me and said <laughs> I blocked him after that too Don't get it twisted um, He called me He was like Girl somebody said They gonna do your wig for you Cause you look horrible It was the blue and white one I knew exactly which one it was I screenshot And sent him the screenshot I said, "Well, it's 2.1k people said it's nice." And I blocked them. I used to have people talk about my look. Oh my god, I wore a white wig, I would wear a yellow wig, I would wear a curly wig, I would wear a blonde wig, and people were, people were dogging me about it, right? But then as I traveled, people would call me and say, "What color hair you wearing? I want to dress like you." I said, "What?" You know, And they would, they would hit me up. You coming, you coming to Denver, what color you wearing? Cause I'm going to be like you. I said, so one day I had one year I had yellow and white and everybody that came to see me had on yellow and white or some kind of gold and white. I felt great. And the girl that used to do my hair, she still do every so often. She said, if all people notice is your hair, then they're not listening to you. They not caring. And don't worry about those people. She said, because those very people will come and ask you for help one day. And I started laughing. You know, I didn't hear what happened. or Only my godbrother was the only one that called and was like, yeah, because, you know, people are saying that it's ugly and, you know, you need help. I said, good. Whoever want to do my hair, tell them. You paying for it? Of course. Yeah, because, you know, they out here laughing at you. Girl, I just don't want you to look stupid. I said, okay. I said, I don't trust me I don't and he was like you know cuz it but I screenshot I said 2.1 K people said I look cute so whoever you're saying that I look fucked up it doesn't matter thank you though thank you for calling me and let me know that thank you and I blocked him I did I blocked him and it was funny because he was telling my godmother he spoke to me every day. I was like, "How? I blocked him. I blocked him a long time ago." So, how is that? So, I, I thought it was funny because I'm like, I remember what she said. If people are only looking at the sea, I hear they're not looking at you. And those are not the people that that you tend to need to be around. And those same people may come to you and ask you for help one day. So, just smile. And it was really funny because my godbrother did. He asked me for help. And I was laughing. So when I went to go see her, I hugged her and said, Girl, you ain't never lied. And I told her what happened. And she was like, See? She said, It's okay. And these are the people, everyday, regular people. I'll be, when I'm in Queens, I'll be people. And they would be like, Yo, keep your lives up. Yo, I hear you, sis. Yo, good looking. Yo, we saw you. We caught your shit. Yo, good looking. I'm not worrying about trying to get the attentions of other people or these people with names for themselves that has been crowned 30 years. You know who I'm trying to get the attention of? Those people that's out there in those streets grinding and doing every day and not having nobody to believe in them to let them know, yo, don't give up. To let them know, don't give up. Don't stop what you're doing. Don't. Don't give up. Because beauty is only skin deep. See, when people see the outside of you, that's what you' gonna base me on. What you see, <laughs> so many more layers to that player. So that's why I use that song. And the last person I want to talk about—they're not dead. Roy would call me big baby, and Roy's story is very beautiful, yet it's very sad. Roy was in a relationship and he was married, he had his kids, and his mother had asked him to, um and I can't make this up, Roy Moms had asked him to come pick him up, come pick her up, cause she was tired, she didn't want to drive. But Roy's wife was like, oh, you're always over there, you a mama's boy, you need to bring yeah, stay home one day, you know, and he was like, but my mom is tired, I want to go over there, but you know, he stayed with his wife. They called him, Roy Moms, was in um a car crash and so when they had the jaws of life this was out in north carolina when they had the jaws of life to separate the car and the cop told him you know your mom is alive but when we move this car she gonna you know she's gonna die that's the only thing so he got a chance to go see her and she told him she didn't blame him she forgive him she love him you know that it's her time to go or whatever you know he only told me half the story so i was you know well I, we couldn't go into detail because he started crying. And um, his mom died. Roy took that guilt and carried that with him for the for so long. So long. Roy started smoking crack. Roy stole all the money in his family. Spent his son's um, college <laughs> fund. Uh, took his mother's insurance money and smoked it up and left and moved to Atlanta. Was homeless and was an alcoholic drunk. And when he walked out, I thought he was Copper John at first and then come and find out that's Roy. I said, okay, Roy would call me Big Baby. And one year in Atlanta, it was so cold. And the shelters, you know, they was. One year Atlanta said there's no homelessness, so they closed the shelters. And it was giving people a one-way ticket back to where they came from, not knowing that half of the people were from Atlanta already. So Roy was going to sit out there. So I took Roy home. I said, nah, man, you can't. And my son would always be like, you're not your mother. Stop trying to save all the homeless people. Like, I can't believe it. We washed Roy's clothes and we fed him and he just chilled and slept and stuff. He hung out with us. He was in Walmart buying the grandbaby stuff and all of that. We was all sleeping in beds, you know, but it was cool. It was, it was Roy. And um, Roy told his story and I never treated Roy any different. And I said, but at the end of the day, your mom forgave you. I said, the only one that, you didn't, that didn't forgive you was you. Long story short, Roy got himself cleaned. Roy got a chance to meet President Obama. Roy went back home and lived with his wife. And Roy is doing good. Roy called me out of the blue. He said, big baby. I said, Roy, Uncle Ruckus. He said, yeah, he said, I want to call you and tell you, thank you. I said, thank me. What you thanking me for? He told me everything he did, how he got clean, how he back with his wife. He said, I told my wife about you. He said, and I'm thankful for that small act of kindness and you not giving up and believing in me. I said, well, Roy, that's what we are supposed to do. He said, and I'll do the same thing now. He said, I don't turn nobody away. He said, thank you, big baby. He said, as long as you live in, don't stop. He said, because people like us, the broken ones, no, we won't be totally put back together. We come back with our and scars. But don't give up. That was the last of it. And I'm forever grateful. Because that was Roy's song, Beauty Only Skin Deep. I can't tell you and let you listen to that song without talking of Roy, Uncle Ruckus. Is what we call them. We carry our past with us. We carry all those emotional traumas and all of that. And if we keep carrying that, we miss all the blessings, all the healing that could be ours. I have to also remember Roy. Roy ain't dead. Roy back in North Carolina with his family. Forgiveness is real. But the first ones you got to forgive is yourself. And no matter what, I'm a strong believer because Roy made sure I knew. People may try to stop your destiny. People may try to get in the way. But my mother and Roy and them have showed me. Your gift, your destiny, your calling, your creator, God, a Lofi, whatever name you want to give. Will make sure you finish it out. Can't stop what was already ordained and blessed by the creator. You might take a hiatus for a little bit, but you always go back because you can't stop that. So all those people that Roy was supposed to help, they might have been put on a little hiatus, but now he's there helping them, making sure that he is watching over people, not giving up because a small act of kindness for someone to say, it's okay, a hug kiss on the forehead to tell people i got you i believe in you i'm not gonna allow my your past to judge for me to judge you on if you're destined to do great things great things will you do that's fact so i'm here to say this morning on this beautiful morning watching the sun i'm here living in the mountains looking at the sun come over the mountains and the beautiful scene that it gives to let you know, don't allow nothing and no one to stop you. Keep going. Don't worry about looks and name brands and how many cars and houses and what people got. Stop you. Because if you go by the Bible, Moses and them was broke. Abraham and them was broke. But they became higher than anyone can ever imagine. And it's not just wealth. I'm living testimony of that one. So, don't give up. And if people talk about you, great. Great. God bless them. God bless them. They ain't have nothing else to talk about in their own lives and they only can talk about you. Great. Shit, applaud. If people want to sit and have secret groups, great. God bless them. God bless them. Shit. But you don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And know that at the end of the day, you are loved, appreciated, cherished. You are necessary. And we need you. I can't touch and heal and, and help and guide everybody. You will see and touch and heal and help people that I may never meet. Greatest Lesson Angel ever told me was do you believe in quantity or quality? I believe in giving good work. I don't care how many people I help because if that one may turn around and help thousands and millions. And I'll tell you a story about that one day. So thank you as always. It's been a plump pleasing pleasure. Catch my show on Monday. Monday and Wednesday, you can always find me right here at the Backport Conjure. Says E bayo And let me give you something to do to keep your day going. I gave you the limes. Now I want you to go and get a pot and put some sugar, maybe about a half a cup, two capfuls of vanilla extract, and five sticks of cinnamon, brown sugar at that. Don't use white. And five sticks of cinnamon. You add some cloves in there if you want some money to come through your door. Put it in a pot of water and let it boil in your house. And watch how every spirit, every ego, everybody will just relax. We'll relax. We'll relax. As always, it's been a plum pleasing pleasure. This is Bobby Ann's baby girl saying, Welcome, and thank you for being a part of the Back Poach Conjure, where we listen to old music and tell some beautiful, amazing stories of my experience and all of those that made an impact in my life. But catch me here Monday as well. Mondays and Wednesdays. You definitely get an earful. And thank you for all those that's listening. Please share, like, send a comment, make a post about it, all that. It's all appreciative. Thank you so much.